0: one and all to episode 101 or 101 what are we doing here 101 of the scum and villainy podcast the weekly star wars podcast we break down the latest and greatest in star wars news i'm your host garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat on episode 101 101? 101 it's it's, <laughs> so to George.
1: it's uh, scum and villainy 101 exactly the sequel to zoe 101 like it's a, like it's uh, a
0: class a class is in session
1: hey man get your notebooks out it's time to take some notes (laughs) absolutely we have a
0: completely jam-packed episode uh for you all here as you know uh star wars celebration europe just concluded and we have like I feel like I'm got to you know both arms out just carrying bushels of news, Noah. It's, it's Easter
1: it's, baskets, if you will, as as mm. it were. Yeah, uh,
0: we have uh, an absolutely obscene amount of news and reveals coming out of this Star Wars celebration, um, despite the fact that you and I were not in attendance. Uh, we were attending CouchCon, uh, as uh, it's been uh, coined, uh, and we were very excited to be diving into all of the news. Noah, what was your CouchCon
1: experience like? Did you have a nice uh, Star Wars celebration from the comfort of your own home? I did. I will say, um, normally I don't. I don't. I don't like waking up in the morning. Um, it's like one of my least favorite things, um, <laughs> just in general. Um, but the fact that like I'd wake up and it'd be like, "All right, everybody." It's more right? Star Wars celebration yeah. time and I'm like, all right, time yeah. to scroll through everything. Exactly. Uh it was so that was like a, a just a great start to the day yeah. every single day. Yeah. Um just really phenomenal stuff. I remember there was at one point where you and I have discussed this, that like a trip to europe you know at the time that this that this kind of happened I was like okay that's not super feasible right now right um but like i think there was one point where i like messaged one of my friends and i was like i just i just have a question why am i not in europe right now <laughs> <laughs> like just in general yeah why am i not there yeah uh and then also there was one funny thing where, like, I kind of made a fool out of myself in front of a bunch of people. Um, We were watching this, this, like, news thing, um, and we had some, like, some guests over, and somebody on the news thing was like oh there's this really big thing happening in London right now and I was like the Star Wars celebration and everybody's like what and then like the news thing was like not talking about Star Wars celebration at all um, and I was like oh alright so, I like
0: to imagine it was just something like super grim and upsetting the, think, like, there was, was like a, a there was a Lego. fire at an orphanage and <laughs> <laughs> it <was> just mass <laughs> casualties and you're like Star Wars
1: <laughs> no, I think it was like a Lego con like a Lego celebration or something like that but uh, I do have have a bit of my own news uh before we get into the more important news. Ooh, I'm ready. Uh I made an irresponsible purchase, Garrett. <gasps> what was it? <gasps> I did it. I did it. Did you get the your bag PlayStation? is secured. PlayStation 5 yes, is go! set up. We are both going to be talking about Jedi Survivor. God, yes. uh, I had a, a P-H-A-T fat tax return this year. <laughs> Me uh, too, from, man. Mine was from... good this
0: year. Digital high five on that front. Yes, <laughs> let's go. Uh,
1: because my wife and I both worked in Indiana and Illinois uh, in, in 2022. Nice. We had moved halfway through 2022. So that was like major boost um and i was like that money is going directly to a playstation 5 as well as like some other th- like checks i've collected here Bills, and there, and, you know you know <laughs> well you know that <laughs> who cares uh but that's my piece of news that's so exciting uh, i am so thrilled i've not told you're the first person i've told so uh so you didn't even uh, tell rachel. <laughs> rachel you're like sorry honey uh, no vacation <laughs> this year <laughs> whoops uh but yeah uh, god of war ragnarok is uh fine so far um Do you play the first ones? no i haven't oh I have not. so
0: you're just diving on in exciting well it does come in. free yeah speaking of god of war i just um just uh, i think we had talked about this last week i i've uh, been getting a lot of mileage on that one i just finished the gameplay of that so uh jedi survivors coming out very soon which we also got footage of uh at star wars celebration yes, we're not we going to be talking about that because like it's coming out in weeks you know yes. in, in yeah. mere days so i'm i am so thrilled to be playing that. And I'm so excited that you actually get to play. I was actually like low key kind of like, oh man, it's going to be such a bummer if I'm just like, and then, and you're just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) sounds pretty cool. You know (laughs) (laughs) what happened next? (laughs) So yes, I'm so excited to uh, discuss that. Uh, And you and I will probably do like the following week, you know, we'll we'll get that whole weekend. I've already told uh, uh, my girlfriend, I'm like, look, I know you're going to be over i'm just emotionally preparing you it's gonna happen like i'm going to be playing this all weekend and thankfully she's the best she was like sick i can't wait to watch you play and was like genuinely very excited about that i'm like okay you're you're
1: a keeper babe (laughs) i was there for Fallen order i know the you were the the babe in question (laughs) yes i was and i was a good one too i was a keeper so uh not it i i already am, am picturing it and i'm right there with you i'm so excited for us to
0: be just grinding on that uh but until we get there, Noah. We've got so much news to discuss. Um, If there are any topics that you guys are particularly interested in getting our takes on, uh, I am going to uh, laboriously put all of the time codes in on each of like the, again, like nine topics that we're going to be discussing today. (laughs) Um, So if you guys want to scrub through those and hop around to whatever topics interest you, uh, those are conveniently placed for you in the description of this episode on whatever podcast format you choose to listen to. But first up, Noah, we're going to be diving into the big news of the celebration i would say one of the bigger stories or or certainly lots of big stories to be uh happened here but this was just at the tail end of the uh, lucasfilm studio showcase and made i would say arguably the biggest splash um, at Celebration, you and I, as well as so many other pundits, were wondering what is going on with the movies. What's going on with the reveals? When are we going to see Star Wars in theaters again? And Kathleen Kennedy has the answer. Uh, she announced that three, count them, three new live action Star Wars films will be coming soon to a multiplex near you. Um, These projects will cover various different points in the timeline in both Disney Plus series and then theatrical releases. This is the um, excuse me. This is uh, kind of a significant reveal that we are uh, getting here, Noah, that we have a pretty firm timeline here in regards to the different eras that we are going to be playing in here uh, before we dive on into each of these movies. What do you think about The fact that we are going to have so many different stories and going backward and forward and kind of present in time in regards to the Star Wars timeline here.
1: I I really like the idea that we're, you know, not not that we're putting things in a box, but at least that we can label things. I think that with with the way that media is right now, where where all these connected universes, if you want to call them that, uh, where they get a little bit messy is, okay. what do I need to know about this? To watch this what's the required reading here which you know for i would say for a number of things that we learned about this weekend but especially the movies i don't feel like there will be that required reading aspect of it but it's so good to be put in a lane of of you know okay this is where this sandbox is and not saying okay a story that let's just say uh, if we were coming up with a pitch or whatever, and we said, I want this to take place, uh, well, during the prequels. And it's like before this and after this, but it's like also here. But, deal, you know, that that gets messy. But knowing that we have these eras to play with mm-hmm. feels like, and this is not to say that without them it doesn't work, but with these like outlined things, it feels so much more like these stories we just know that they're here but they could take place anywhere they could have you know they could involve any any number of characters because these you know little era taglines uh, are are so broad whether it's, you know, the 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 fall of the Jedi, what does that necessarily mean? That doesn't mean it has to relate to, you know, the characters that we have come to know on Coruscant or, you know, whether it's the the rise of the First Order. That's a long time. There's a, a, a great time period there that can be sort of explored. So it, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's like, outlined nice and neat but it feels like this opens the door so much more in a in a contained and and stable way and the fact that kathleen kennedy was the one to say look here's the deal Mm -hmm. um you know that that gives me uh, a a lot of confidence i think
0: i think the thing that surprised me the most about this and we will certainly get into the specifics of everything is the fact that in this doling out of all of these different kind of corners of the galaxy that we'll be playing in like chronologically speaking the fact that they're not only acknowledging, one, events of the books, which are certainly going to be at play in regards to some of the shows that are uh, soon to be hitting Disney+, Plus, but also the fact that we're going so far back. Like, you and I and a lot of other people were like... Okay, let's 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 go into the old Republic and let let's go back and kind of see the 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 height of the Jedi in a way and kind of compare that to what we get in the prequels and the fact that they're like cool heard that. What about even further? You know the fact that, that the <laughs> dawn of the Jedi is something that we will be getting here, and there's even uh, I believe that insignia that they have is from Je- is Jedi Prime, which is the same like mosaic uh, that is found on Octo. So the fact that we could be exploring some of those origins, origins of Force wielders, and what does that religion look like, and how that is going to compare with the Jedi that we then see in the High Republic. All that stuff is really fascinating. Again, yes, we will get into the specifics of exactly what projects we will see there. Um, but I just love this enthusiasm that Lucasfilm has right now in regards to wanting to go backward, wanting to go forward, wanting to kind of stay in the present of like what's popular now um, with everything. And then I think the one of the things that stands out to me is the fact that you're going to have certain characters going forward establishing a new Jedi order, people who are – Kind of laying their stake on what we're going to be doing in the galaxy going forward and that there will be either concurrent or parallel stories happening where we can point to that and say they're using the lessons of the past something that is very thematically present throughout the sequel trilogy using the lessons of the past to inform their decisions going forward let's see that past you know i love that we are continuing to yes go forward i I think that that's great i'm excited to see these characters but i'm thrilled to know that the very lessons that they are taking with them are lessons learned from this history and that we get to see that history
1: yeah, that's I, I I'm shocked that that like you said that we're going back that far. I think that it's really interesting to take the idea of Star Wars and maybe explore those themes in a more uh, in a more theological derivative sense um, of like okay, where does this begin? What do we look for in terms of like you know how that like you said how that carries forward? It will be. Fun, I think I'm hopeful. I mean, the idea, especially of a project going all the way back, um, I know that most people are like really, really jazzed for that. Yeah. Um. But the one thing that I am most excited about is how do we do Star Wars without uh all of the things that we see visually and point to and say Star Wars? You know, sure. whether it's a ship or whether it's a lightsaber yeah. or. Even Jedi robes for that matter. A ship. The, the, a you cup. <laughs> nice, good one. Killer reference
0: there. That's, all, that's what we bring. Yes, come villainy.
1: Uh So that, like, that's really, really fascinating. Of you know, we've talked a lot about like looking at something like an episode of a show and being like, "This is the most Star Wars thing yeah. that that I've seen in a while," and it doesn't have. A, B and C that you would point to and say that would be an action figure or that would be, uh, you know, on a T-shirt. Um, I love that idea because there is that core, you know, what, what makes up star Wars, both going back and going forward. So yeah. really, really curious about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. The stories that we are going to be getting specifically, uh, and this is kind of the order that they were divvied out to the audience is that we're getting a film from James Mangold. Of course, the director behind, uh, Logan Ford v Ferrari 310 to Yuma, as well as the upcoming Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny, as well as Dave Filoni, the man in the hat himself, uh, of course the. The man behind The Mandalorian, uh, Ahsoka, Clone Wars, Rebels, all that great stuff, as well as Charmaine Obedad Chinoy, I believe is how you pronounce their name, a filmmaker behind Ms. Marvel, an Academy Award winning filmmaker uh, and documentarian uh, uh, winning for, I believe, Saving Face uh, was the documentary that they made uh, that earned them the golden statue Um, Kathleen Kennedy was clear in uh, kind of establishing the types of stories that these filmmakers will be telling. Um, Let's go chronologically, Noah. First up, you've got James Mangold uh, and his film will focus on the dawn of the Jedi. Uh, It is described as a biblical epic that James Mangold is writing uh, and the story of which will be set 25,000 years before A New Hope. Um, let's go ahead and start there, Noah. What do you think about James Mangold uh, and his kind of
1: uh, swing here at Star Wars? I'm I'm a huge fan of James Mangold. Um, I think that he is a brilliant writer as well um, as director. I I am I know that like his name has been tossed around for a long time. I think it was probably. I want to say 2017 or 2018 uh, back when there was like rumors of him making a Boba Fett movie. um, Oh yeah. And that would have been, would have been killer. Uh, Am I happy with what we, what we ended up getting instead? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But the idea that, you know, James Mangold has this, like you know he kind of described it uh as a biblical epic. Yeah. Uh he has this this like sensibility of telling telling stories that are so out of a page um that really comes across in a way that I feel like he's he's perfect for a job like this. I want to I want to open up a history book and boom this is the movie that that I you know that we're presented with is straight out of this this Star Wars history book. Um, I have a lot of thoughts as it relates to like expanded universe stuff. Uh, you and I are uh, you know we've talked about this before that I am definitely not a scholar when it comes to uh, the history of Star Wars and what's been yeah. you know what's been written about in expanded universe stuff and and legend stuff. Um, not my cup of tea necessarily. However. Um, I have a feeling that those stories are are heavily respected within Lucas Films, you know, within their their creative bubble and their writers' room. Yeah. Uh, Dave Filoni has mentioned it a ton. Uh, that that you know, taking stories and cues from from legends, things is is not unfamiliar uh, to these writers. So I I am curious about that because on my side of things if it strays at all from like, you know, from what's established quote unquote, uh, in legends or the expanded universe outside of Canon, uh, I think I'll be fine. I will be totally fine. I want this, I want this, you know, Arthurian 2001 space odyssey type, uh, you know, fantasy story of, you know, like I said, just straight out of a history book. Uh, I feel like that's, easily deliverable with this with this writing and directing uh credit here so i'm not going to be too upset if it like i said if it strays from that so much uh i'm just endlessly curious i feel like there's a lot of room to play here and uh i'm excited to see like I'd said before, I'm excited to see the the themes of Star Wars explored uh, without kind of that skin over it, but still feeling like it is Star Wars, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the fact that James Mangold describes this as a Ten Commandments-esque biblical epic, I think, is a fascinating flavor to kind of throw into the stew of Star Wars. Star Wars being, I think, a genre in and of itself, yes, but something that is always, since day one, comprised of different Ingredients comprised of different things. The fact that A New Hope is like, yeah, it's Flash Gordon, but also a Kurosawa like a hidden fortress. and in you know some episodes of The Mandalorian are far more Western Sergio Leone influenced, and some are like straight up Kurosawa like Yo Jimbo. Um, like Star Wars has always had that push and pull of throwing in other ingredients into this stew, and then kind of seeing the unique flavor that we get from that. And I think the idea the idea of having a, an old sword and sandals type of you know historical epic from the '60s. I think one is like going to make for a really fascinating um, depiction of the force, and I do want to talk about that. But two, I love the idea. And and, and stick with me, you and Noah and the audience too. Uh, I, I try not to go on like too much of a history lesson here, but back in like the '60s and and into the late '50s. Television was making its way into people's homes and was as a completely legitimate form in a new form of entertainment for the world. Televisions were easily accessible now, relatively, and a lot of families had them in their home. And as such, like today, people weren't going out to the movie theaters as much, um, where they had options back home and they could watch things at home. Today, we have streaming services and there are you know theatrically released films, yes, that are, are making – crazy money but you could also watch thousands of movies at any given moment uh and you know these equally as budgeted movies right on netflix uh, at the tip of your fingers even on your phone and the fact that lucasfilm is saying we are going to use these historical epics like they were used in the past these movies that said you can't watch this at home. You need to go in the theaters and see Charlton Heston and Ben-Hur, you know, and see this giant spectacle to draw in crowds. The fact that Lucasfilm is, and then saying, okay, you can't see this at home. This, Star Wars is coming back to the big screen, coming back to the theaters. And here's why you should see that. I think it's so fascinating. You were talking about James Mangold making a Boba Fett movie. The fact that, Pre Disney Plus, when that movie was kind of rumored to be uh, happening, that was kind of the promise of these anthology movies, right? You would get a solo, which is like, yeah, it's kind of this more isolated adventure, more modest kind of, you know, uh, here's what's going on in this corner of the galaxy in between the giant pillars that were the episodic films. The fact that Disney Plus has come along and said, no, that this is the landscape for that like Disney plus is the place that you can get an episode like the Mandalorian or a season like the Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett and have those adventures happening there. And I love that now Lucasfilm is transitioning into saying Disney plus is the place for a, you know, solo, a Star Wars story, a Boba Fett story, something like that, something a bit more modest rather than now we're going to look for something epic. We're going to set our sights a bit higher and understand that, yeah, we're not going to make episode 10 of Star Wars, but if we are going to bring it back to the big screen, it needs to be epic in scale. I love that Lucasfilm is like setting their sights super high. And then, uh, so there's that side of things. There's like the historical side of things of just kind of how historical epics have been used in entertainment. But then I also love that he is using something like the Ten Commandments to tell a story about religion. Because Tarkin in A New Hope describes the Force as an ancient religion. And I don't think that it's too much of a stretch to imagine that there has to be some sort of biblical parallels happening in his film, probably. Um, I think that... That's a fantastic idea, considering Star Wars has always pulled from mythology and, you know, Hero's Journey and all the Joseph Campbell-esque um, uh, plot points and plot lines at play here uh, since day one in Star Wars. And so the fact that James Mangold is taking a look at these historical epics and these movies about religion and gods and, and mortals and all of these things and saying, how can we look at that through the lens of Star Wars is So fascinating. I want to ask you though, because you and I had been anticipating, uh, you know, a story set in in years past, twenty five thousand years. (laughs) is certainly years past it is pre-old republic according to wikipedia it is prehistoric so kind of what are you anticipating this even looking like what are we focusing on here what's the antagonistic force that we're going to be getting here i know that you and i are nowhere near as um well read on the legend stuff as we are some of the newer things um but what do you think
1: are what are you kind of hoping that we get to see here well, one thing that I would really, really love to see when let me let me contextualize this. When I imagine, you know, so far ago that the books weren't even written, you know, the the history books in Star Wars don't even go back that far. Um, that that this is somewhat prehistoric, and what's you know what's the beginning of a a utilized connection to the Force. Through nature, through mankind, or, or, you know, through sentient beings, um, that are able to connect with the force, uh, and a level that is beneficial and, and symbiotic, uh, even, um, my my mind, you know, turns to some of the more like you said mythological aspects of what we already know about Star Wars. Um, whether it's uh whether it's like you know Force God stuff with with the Mortis Ark and Clone Wars. Um, or even uh, where is it that uh that Yoda does his like you know Force training? Um it's
0: kind of I don't know if it's Moriban or Korriban. I don't know which one is uh uh you know even canon anymore, but it's like the Sith planet. It's either Moriban or Korriban. <laughs> it's, it's one yes, of the two. You,
1: right. Um so you know, when it comes to that and you have, you know, these these ideas of these, you know, creatures that aren't creatures, they are they are, you know, ethereal beings beyond what we can comprehend uh and and those things are the things that strike me as where this all began um and i would love to see some kind of interaction with that where where there is that like you know i i kind of mentioned it earlier it's it's a small part of it but but 2000, 2001 a space odyssey is what my mind keeps going back to where there's you know you have this this thing the monolith that that grants uh this you know, this advancement in not only technology, but also knowledge and sentience and, you know, however you want to describe it. Also there's, you know, a thousand people have talked about what, you know, Stanley Kubrick is even doing with that movie. Um, but I think it's really interesting going back in, into, you know, this far into the Star Wars history to say that there had to have been something that allowed this, this, mutually beneficial connection of using the force um and and connecting through nature and being able to to control it. Um, not for evil, but for good. If this is the dawn of the Jedi, um, then like you said, what, what might be the, uh, antagonistic force. And I would love to imagine that it's something ethereal, something, you know, natural, something that is, you know, it's, I I would love to see, you know, a war. I think that that maybe would happen a little bit later, uh, down the timeline, but uh, you know, because I would love to see we talking about, you know, biblical epics, um, you know, and and what were the 50s and 60s doing Lawrence of Arabia comes to mind oh, yeah. of this scale of of story um, that we can that we can talk about here in the natural order of things being upset by A, B or C. There's a lot there, I think, you know, to narrow things down, you know, going back that far, like I said, we we've gotten hints of these mythological and, and, um, you know, heaven like beings, uh, or heaven or hell like beings, uh, that, that are somehow connected to the fourth and force and stay connected to the force for 25,000 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we imagine in our own history that, the strongest religion in our world today has been around for 2,000 years give or take yeah um, but that something can something can explode 25,000 years ago uh, and and turn into this thing. Yes, there has to be something there that is so prevalent that says that this is going to fundamentally change the way that this world, works. Uh, and I would imagine in a biblically themed story, there would have to be some kind of connection between the supernatural and, uh, and the natural. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to exploring. I think uh, it is fascinating
0: to, if this is this biblical epic, my mind just kind of goes to, okay, what are some of the stories in something like the Bible? and, And how can we see this Old Testament sort of perspective on Star Wars? Obviously, there is the confines of canon of like, okay, well, what has been established? One of the oldest things that is established in canon is kind of the the dyad so I'm thinking okay what if it is the story of these two people kind of discovering the force in this sort of Cain and Abel kind of perspective you know you have this this character of good who maybe discovers this power wants to use it for light in this character of evil who wants to use it how the dark side has always been used to dominate and to take and to steal and what's what's mine is mine and I'm what's yours is now mine you know <laughs> to see <laughs> yeah. that through a an ancient sort of lens, I think could be really fascinating, um, to explore something like that. But I think beyond that, we'll certainly get into the kind of head canony or, you know, tinfoil hatty sort of what's going to, what's the story even going to be like, who's it going to be about, who's the hero, who's the villain, all that kind of stuff. I think the 25,000 year before a new hope is so fascinating to me. What a choice to do that. I just kind of, thought they would just go old republic but the fact that they're going back even further to uh from that seeing how that's going to build to something like you know the old republic which is noted yes in this timeline so it, to me that was kind of like a yeah we know we know we're gonna get to it you know <laughs> Um, cause a lot of the stuff even in the old Republic is still canon with like the dark Bain, Darth Bane and the rule of two and all of that. I know not everything. Yes, but I think it, it could be really fascinating, but, um, you know, are we going to see ancient Sith, not the religion, but like the species, you know, st- stuff like that. I think you just can't help, but kind of let your imagination, um, run wild. but I can't wait to uh, find out more. It's going to be speculation until then. I don't even think it's going to be the next star Wars movie that we will see, but uh, I'm very excited to find out more um the next film that was announced noah is dave filoni's new star wars movie his he'll be making his directorial debut uh, on the big screen um this is going to be set in the new republic and will continue the stories of the mandalorian the book of boba fett ahsoka and other disney plus series i kind of um paraphrase this long quote from Filoni, and he explained that he and John have had a plan uh, for a while to expand their story into a live-action Star Wars film, and that Filoni learned a lot from working in live-action on you know, Disney+, and is excited to try his hand at making a movie. And the story has really grown to a point where they want to do something bigger than their streaming shows, and making a film kind of presents this different structure than an episodic series. The fact that you have to wrap up a lot of these narrative plot lines in two hours rather than eight or so, uh, in a given season of television. Uh, but Dave and, uh, John are, uh, kind of, uh, uh, seemingly working in tandem here. Um, I'm sure Dave will be asking for uh, a, a bit of help from John and, uh, I'm sure John will be a, a collaborative creative partner here, but this is certainly Dave Filoni's, uh, film here. And they both are even on the fence and labeling this kind of a series you know, finale, so to speak, of of, of all of these plot lines. So it's unclear whether this will be the the conclusion of The Mandalorian. Uh, But what do you think about Dave Filoni really making his live action theatrical debut um, with this kind of culmination of sorts on the big screen?
1: Well, I actually had a conversation recently um, with a mutual friend of ours uh, who was curious about this, and I have not spoken a lot about this, Um, because, you know, wanting to wait until you and I can have a conversation about things. I've not really heard a lot of other people talking about it either. Um, this for me is really, really kind of a, it's a weighted, it's a weighted topic in the sense that if you had asked me, do I want to see a movie that, that basically is the culmination of the Mando verse? Um, I probably would have said no. Um, Because for me, when I think of, you know, what what Jon Favreau specifically, you know, obviously we talk a lot about Dave Filoni. He's regarded as George Lucas's protege and he's the man that's praised for all these things. But specifically Jon Favreau and what he started with The Mandalorian, starting this wildfire of of a renewal of interest in, in some of these outside stories, news stories, B, you know, B plots, all of these things uh, that have now become, you know, the biggest thing in Star Wars uh, at, at this point in time. It's difficult for me because I love the concept of being able to tie all these things together. I don't know if I necessarily see how that works in the sense of, like, do I do I want to see an epic culmination of, of Ahsoka's story Absolutely. Do I want to see an epic culmination of Boba Fett's story? Sure, why not? I'm sure there's lots to tell there. Do I want to see an epic culmination of the Mandalorian story? Mm-hmm. Honestly, yes, I would. Do I see how they all fit together? Not quite yet. I think that that is what, you know, past seasons of the Mandalorian have tried to do and it hasn't clicked for me. I'm not saying that that's like a deal breaker, but to to have Dave Filoni be the name behind this project to say, yes, he's going to be the one to make this happen. Um, I have faith in Dave Filoni as a director. He's directed multiple episodes of television, not just Star Wars things, but I'm a huge fan of Avatar The Last Airbender, and he has made some incredible episodes uh, for Avatar. Um, So, you know, that side of things doesn't worry me. I think that this, I'm cynically trying to not be, not be thinking that this is the adaptation of Rangers of the New Republic um, only because that seems like a way that we could lean in terms of telling a story of what's the state of the galaxy right now. I'm not saying that I don't want to see that because I would love to see it. Um, I just wonder about the casual fans expectations for something like this um because I'll be there opening day you know one way or the other you can count on that my my money is already set aside in my wallet you know <laughs> but there's there's like an aspect of it that that you know I worry about and I don't I can't quite pin down what it is I've not really like I said I've not really <laughs> talked to a lot of other people about it I yeah. don't know other people's opinions if it's like you know, do we really want to see this? You know, right now I'm, I'm super lukewarm on the Mandalorian. I feel like he's, you know, the, the least interesting character in his own story. Maybe if this is, you know, if this is truly Grogu the movie, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, then I can, then I could totally see it. You know, honestly, bring John Hughes over here. (laughs) He's, he's probably got something to say about that. Uh, it's just baby's day out, but with Grogu. Yes. Um, I, I could see that being maybe the thing that ties all of this together. And in my head, I can work a way that 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 makes sense. Um, but it's not been portrayed so far. Obviously, we have a ways to go and we have more stories to hear and see. Um, so that could change. Um, I would love for that to maybe be the case, because that would one, I mean, I would I would be so far away from feeling that that would be leaning on Disney's biggest moneymaker right now. Mm-hmm. If there's an interesting story to tell with a character that is potentially the most important character that we know of in Star Wars at this moment uh, and a character that we know the least about at this moment, absolutely sign me up. Um, I feel like there are a lot of a lot of proverbial eggs in the basket to juggle right now. Um, which I think is combining two idioms. Um, But nonetheless, (laughs) it's a lot to accomplish. And I have, I don't have doubts. I just have worries, you know? I want want everything to work out okay for our man in the hat, you know? You know, I, I,
0: you're like, It's funny. You're like, I can't quite pin down why I'm not as excited for this. And I'm like, oh, I can. It's because we haven't really enjoyed the Mandalorian. (laughs) That's why. Aside from that.
1: (laughs) Aside from that.
0: The thing is, though, if you look at it, to me, I am I'm I'm reserving my thoughts super heavily until I learn who's writing this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If John Favreau is writing the film, my excitement level is going to go down a bit. Um, I've mm-hmm. criticized uh, the new season of The Mandalorian um, uh, quite openly. I think some stuff works. I think some stuff doesn't work. I think a lot of the things that aren't working for me in the season would go down to the writing. Uh, the way that the show is structured and the way that these episodes are kind of um, playing out. Obviously there's like some technological stuff of like, I just wish it looked a bit better and like things like that. But I think from the directing point of view, um, we can get a great cinematographer, we can get a great, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh on set location set designer all that kind of stuff it's not going to be on the volume it's going to be this big here's you know 200 million dollars go have fun dave you know uh kind of story here and i think a story like that with the steady hand of somebody like dave filoni and maybe someone else who's writing the film that to me is really exciting if john favreau is just making a two hour long mandalorian episode i think my expectations go down considerably i think what is actually going to really either make me excited for this movie or something else is going to be this new season of Ahsoka, which we will talk about because Dave Filoni probably wrote every episode, you know, like we've only really seen him in the Mandalorian write a couple episodes. Um, he wrote an episode with Jon Favreau um uh this season and he's only written one episode by himself or two episodes excuse me by himself and that was the gunslinger an episode i uh, that uh, dave directed i also don't really care for that episode and then he also directed the jedi which is a great episode you know so it, it, it who's to really say um i think for me though once we see ahsoka I think that not only is going to kind of inform the trajectory of this movie, I've also heard tell, no spoilers of course, but I've heard tell that this new episode of Mandalorian, which they screened at Celebration, you could kind of be like, Oh, okay. That's where we're going. You know, like I think, and there's even some quotes here. Variety did an
1: interview. um, Hold on. Hold on. Do you mean, do you mean the second to last episode? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. The second to last episode is where we find out where this is all leading. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. I'm on. No, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Continue.
0: Uh, Variety reported uh, and, and kind of asked Filoni what the singular quote unquote threat would be weaving these varied stories together. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it seemed like Filoni was kind of like, yeah, we're going to do heir to the empire. You know, we're going to do Thrawn. Like, obviously they're not going to be able to do it one to one. I would certainly hope that there wouldn't you do it. You know, I haven't read the books, but I am aware of certain plot lines and some things included in that. And I'm just like, oh, no, please don't do that. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think that they're going to. But I think it's very realistic to expect that they're kind of like, we're going to do that, but through the eyes of. Uh, a canon perspective you know of what we know going forward with like force awakens and the sequel trilogy and how can we fit that in with the p pe- the pieces on play on this board that we have here so i th- certainly think that they're going to be building to this thrawn you know climactic event whether we're going to get this avengers style team up of Cobb vanth and boba fett and and Den, Din and Ahsoka and Luke's there too you know like and what, Pelimoto yeah, and, and, all, the Rebels and all, yeah, all the Rebels groups like that's not like super exciting to me um, I guess and we'll Kaz see. And Kaz from Resistance as a baby <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, the post credits. Exactly oh one could only hope but yeah I think that yeah with uh, with what we're going to be getting in Ahsoka I think that'll certainly kind of inform things going forward um, I don't I would say out of the three of the projects that we have here and we'll talk about the third one god we're behind on time but um, uh, we'll certainly talk <laughs> Talk about the third one, but I, I I think out of the three, I am the least excited for this one. Not to say that that could change. I really like Dave Filoni as a creator, and he has literally made some of my favorite Star Wars stuff. So maybe it is just kind of a sense of like, yeah, he's not solely driving the ship on the Mandalorian and maybe the ship that he solely drives for himself will be a bit more up my alley. Who's to say? It's not like he has to prove me that he's capable of making Star Wars. He's done a a hell of a lot of times before. It's just this one, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, which makes sense. If we're building up to this thing and the very things that are building up to it are not quite my fave, you know, it makes sense that I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll see, you know.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, that's, that's a good way to put it. It's exactly where I'm at. There's not a whole lot else to say, um, a- about where this is headed. Um, I am, I am interested in New Republic stuff and yeah. what that looks like. So Same. I'm sure we'll get, I'm sure we'll get a lot of it. Same. Um, you know, like you said, the, the, the characters that we are playing with here are just not they're just not like super interesting to me right now. Um, but I would love, I'd love to, uh, I'd love for that to change. I'd yeah. love to be surprised.
0: I always say that. Exactly. Yeah. And the uh, third movie that we'll be getting here is uh, Obaid, uh, I, I think it's Obaid Chinoy. Um, And their film that they are making, which is set after the events of Rise of Skywalker and features none other than Daisy Ridley returning as Rey Skywalker herself, building a new Jedi order. It's actually going to be set 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker. Um, No information uh, was given about who will be writing the movie Um, And it was speculated uh, like leading into celebration that Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson worked on a draft for this film, um, which is now being rewritten by Stephen Knight, uh, who worked on Peaky Blinders. That's not confirmed. We don't know for sure, but that's kind of the talk here on Tinseltown. Um, Kathleen Kennedy did say that she expects to read the final script for this in a little over a month, which to me makes sense that it's probably the Damon Lindelof one. Um, and there was this great dramatic reveal with Daisy Ridley, like coming on stage. So what was your uh, response to this? I know you and I were kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit Ray Skywalker eventually. Did you anticipate it being this soon?
1: Uh, I didn't anticipate it being this soon at all, but I will say, um, I will no longer believe that a lunch meeting is just a lunch (laughs) uh, (laughs) because that is not true. Um, I I have to assume that these that these meetings were leading to this. Um, I do wonder if this was kind of the idea all along. Um, Not that it matters at all because it doesn't. um, But I just you know, that's just crunchy stuff that I like to think. and, And, you know, we've talked a lot about. Uh, where some of these characters might be headed, whether it's Rey, uh, uh, teaching someone like Finn, or you know, a lot of people, I saw, I saw a lot online that was like, "Hey, just letting everybody know, by the time of you know this movie, Grogu will be a hundred years old, and that's yeah. how old uh, Yoda was yeah. when he was a Jedi Master." So you know, if it all, if it all connects, sure. What the hell? Why not? But that's, you know, those aren't the important things to me. For me, this is, uh, this is an incredible show of faith, uh, not only in the stories that were, that were set up by the sequel trilogy. Um, but the performances of the, uh, the fine, uh, men and women that, that, you know, were in these movies, uh, that have received, quite the criticism uh mm-hmm. from from fans you know both good and bad uh i i'm glad that that we're sticking to you know that we're sticking to these stories here that i think matter i think that this is a, I think that this is a, a lovely announcement uh, to know that we're that we're not stuck telling stories of, OK, what about this? But from this perspective or we want to do this, but we don't know how people are going to take it. Yeah, I am um, so glad to be getting away from from those things, um, especially as it relates to having a female director doing this movie. Directing a character like Ray, a performer like Daisy Ridley, um, you know that to me is uh, super uplifting in terms of where we're going to be going as a studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, I say we, like I'm also part of Lucasfilm, (laughs) like you're on on the board. (laughs) Yeah, hey, I might as well be. Yeah, (laughs) you know, get
0: get out of here! They're throwing (laughs) out the
1: window. (laughs) Yeah, they would. Um, No, I, I just think that like a lot of these things are, are, are. From a studio perspective, from a behind the scenes perspective, from a making of perspective, these are all things that are pointing in the right direction. And that all goes without even mentioning how excited I am to see Ray again, to see this version of what we know of, like you said before, taking what we have learned from the past and and letting it inform our decisions moving forward. Um, and Ray as a character, especially, I think has a lot to say about, about you know, adapting to the past, changing the past, keeping some things from the past, uh, killing it if you have to, I guess. Um, but there's a lot to be said there. And I think that this is the perfect story to do. So, yeah. um, so I couldn't be, I couldn't be more excited about this.
0: Yeah. I am thrilled that Daisy is coming back. Her reveal under the stage. If you guys haven't seen it, just look at like Daisy Ridley star Wars celebration on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. And it's so great. And she seems so, uh, so she's so thrilled uh of the fan reception to her and i know ray means so many things to so many people and i adore the character i feel very protective of ray as a character um and seeing daisy blossom into this role and to see this role really just sparks such love from this fandom i know there's People can get caught up in the negative of things, but this character really does mean a lot to a lot of people. And take one look at some of the cosplayers at Star Wars Celebration. Ray is so popular with fans. And the fact that we are getting their story continued 15 years later, I think is a fascinating choice. I think it's a inspired choice. Uh, I think if we were like, okay, we're going to s- spend more time with Ray, what do you want to see? I think everybody, like their number one draft pick is like, I want to see her start a new Jedi Order. So this makes perfect sense. With that being said, I'm a bit – I'm rubbing up against the fact that this is set like – this is – if you would have asked me after The Rise of Skywalker, what do you think about getting a a, a new Star Wars movie and the next one being about Rey? I would kind of say – and it's kind of the same perspective that I have now is kind of like, well – I love Ray. I love that character. I I can't wait for that story to be told. I just kind of maybe want to tell some other stories before we get there. Um, And I'm talking theatrically. I know we've had a lot of Disney Plus stuff, but I want us to have a chance as an audience to grow, to change for that perception of Daisy, for those naysayers out there, to maybe change over time, some of those wounds to scab over a bit. Just like what we got with Obi-Wan Kenobi, I felt like watching it, yeah, there was a lot of people who that series wasn't quite for them, but there was a lot of people like you and myself who were like, nah, man, I grew up with this. Those are my guys right there. And I get to see them back in the saddle and like back to, you know, be the characters that I grew up with. I idolized those guys when I was a kid. And the fact that we get to see them now as an adult is crazy to me, you know, uh, next or 2025, Revenge of the Sith is turning 20, which is nuts, you know? Um, And that, I want that same thing to happen for, for Daisy. The fact that if this movie does come out in 2025, which seems likely that this, if, if, you know, the Kathleen is to be believed here that she should be reading the script. I think she said in six weeks, um, none of the other scripts for these other movies were reported to be turned in. So this seems to be like kind of the next one on the docket. So, uh, you know, production schedule wise, 2025, 2026, whatever, that's going to be like Force Awakens was 10 years ago. So the people that saw Force Awakens when they were eight will be like graduating high school. You know, they'll they'll be going into college and they will be kind of like you and I were when we saw uh, Obi-Wan. You know, it was like, damn, I grew up with these guys and now I get to see them back on the big screen. How exciting is that? So I think that that's great. I just maybe want to from like a story perspective to spend a bit more time away from the character. I I want to see those lessons from the past that she will be pulling on to, you know, when she opens a book and is reading about the, 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 the practices of the Jedi and the dawn and history of the Jedi. I like knowing oh, she's reading about so-and-so, you know, <laughs> uh, and the movie that we just saw, like that to me is really exciting. So I, I love Ray and I'm excited for them to be back. Um, and, and I, I think it's great that the story is is going to be told. I just maybe wished it was like not the first one that we'll be getting if that makes sense. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want I want to tell the story. I'm just not sure if it's if it's right now. I did want to ask, and then we can kind of uh, move on to the next topic. Nothing about this was announced other than Daisy is going to be started a new Jedi uh, order as Ray. No really other writing, nothing was announced. At what point did you go cool? But what about Finn?
1: You know, where are you kind oh, of at in the Finn of it all? Immediately, like my first thought was great. So like Finn will be like the top apprentice, right? That was my first thought. My second thought was, are they going to are they going to be married? Like, what if they're like married? <laughs> like that was that was my second thought. Was mm-hmm. like, do we do we at least get you know? do we get an answer to this? Because I think that there is, the question is posed so easily. It is right there. Um, It would be, it would be a travesty uh, if, if not just if Finn was not a part of this, but if John Boyega was not given that, that sort of redemptive chance um, as, as his character, that to me is, I think more important than you know, than hoping that, you know, shipping Ray and, and Finn together, obviously that's secondary, who cares? Um, but, but the opinion of listening to someone like John Boyega talk about their, their experience and, and the shortcomings of things, the potential of things, um, that's heartbreaking to hear. But knowing that we'll revisit this story, knowing that we'll revisit this idea, it's got to be in there. I mean, it just has to be. That was my first thought.
0: Yeah, I think it is absolutely necessary that Finn is in this alluded to, discussed, at minimum, disgust. You know, he has to be somewhere in and around this movie. Um, to be clear, I do not ship him and Ray at all. I love that, hey, they, that's I fine, love that they have a that's platonic fine. friendship, but we could maybe do a general grievances episode on that. Um, <laughs> what I think is so certain, though, and you and I agree on, is that I, yes love what they do with Finn in the sequel trilogy but i am disappointed by what they could have done with Finn i think it's yeah. i think what we do is good i think what could have been done is better um i think it is totally understandable for not just the fans But Finn and John Boyega as a as an actor to be disappointed about the trajectory uh, and the way that John Boyega was propped up to be not just the hero, but the face of this movie going uh, in The Force Awakens. And he is the one if you look at the posters wielding the Skywalker blade, you know, it is a shame that it was taken in a different direction. Um, and I think it's totally understandable that he felt blindsided or kind of lied to. Um, I also think it's understandable if he's like, I'm at peace, I'm good. I don't really want to be in star Wars right now. I, I totally understand. Um, I, I, he's had a hell of a time as unfortunately a lot of, uh, People of color, a lot of black actors in Star Wars have been um, dealt in their fan response. Uh, has been disgusting. And I hope that Finn and some of the hopefully equally as loud, if not louder, portion of fans who love this character who this character means a lot to them and who want to see john boyega come back to star wars because i miss his presence in star wars i miss his enthusiasm i miss his humor i miss his relationship with daisy ridley they are just like the best together um and i'm wondering if you know Daisy is just send the text to John and be like, Hey, I really, you know, would like you to be a part of this. And maybe that's all it takes. Maybe it doesn't, you know, um, I, I, I would love for Finn to be back and we'll certainly have that conversation, um, uh, leading up to the film, but for right now in true star Wars celebration spirit, I want to celebrate Ray and Daisy's return to star Wars. Cause I think this is going to be her film first and foremost, Finn needs to be in it. Uh, he should be in it uh, as an apprentice for sure. Uh, and if the Lego specials are anything to believe, uh, w- uh, they might be heading in that direction. But right now, I just kind of want to celebrate Daisy and her her triumphant return as Rey Skywalker,
1: which is you know absolutely absolutely valid. I think that I think that she deserves the response that she got uh, from from the fans and everything. I I do think it's funny. Uh, just as like a. As, like, another side to this, um, I was having a conversation with someone who will remain unnamed, uh, and the conversation was, yeah, but how are they going to do that? Like, 15 years, like, she she's not even going to look any older. It's dumb. And I about lost it. <laughs> I, I about <laughs> lost it. That's if a- that's what you take from this, yeah. if, if you have to have, like, this, like, bone to pick, uh, and that's the only thing you can, then hey man, this movie's not for you, it's for me, back off. Uh, me and you and so many other people are so excited to see this. Uh, and that's just that on that. Yeah. So, well, I yeah. mean, uh, I, I wonder if anybody said that
0: when Phantom us to attack of the clones, a movie that takes place 10 years later, <laughs> nobody <and Obi-Wan laughs> has a fucking haircut and a new haircut and a beard. So <laughs> maybe she'll be wearing glasses to indicate that time has passed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you and I aren't going to talk about it too much cause God almighty, are we over time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. already
1: it's 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 stuff
0: <laughs> we're so excited but um return of the jedi will be getting a re-release for its 40th anniversary uh this was announced with a new poster um and uh, uh, uh i think it was matt ferguson who did the art for this that got a lot of love so that'll be coming out uh april 28th tickets are not on sale yet unfortunately i keep looking like every day i'm like god when is this going to go on sale uh but i've had a chance to see return of the jedi in theaters is
1: this going to be your first time seeing the ot in theaters noah it is going to be my first time, yes. and here's my issue. I've also been checking for tickets because I need to know like where it's going to be around me. I'm sort of in a suburban area, but I'm close enough to the city to where like I if, if I'm going to have to drive into the city, like oh, that's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. But then my other issue is that's when Jedi friggin' Survivor comes out. What the heck, <laughs> man? What? A- I have to pick between the two? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do to me, guys? Maybe uh, while that's
0: downloading,
1: you can go see
0: Return of the Jedi, come back, and then it'll be downloaded. <laughs> that's the thing, is I know that it's going to, like,
1: I, so I haven't it's pre-ordered like
0: a 150-gigabyte game or something I crazy. Know,
1: <laughs> I know, which that happened with LEGO Star Wars as well, was yeah. I was like, all right, you can download it now, but you can't play it yet. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. And then, like, when it was downloading it was like, okay, great. It'll be ready in two days. And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that will most likely happen. Yes. So we might, we might be fine. I don't know, but, uh, Hey man, I'll be there. I will be there.
0: Yes. We will both be there. Can't wait to go see return of the Jedi back in theaters for its 40th anniversary. So happy birthday to that. But beyond that, Noah Ahsoka got her first trailer for the live action Disney plus series over at star Wars celebration. Um, as well as a new poster for the series. Um, It was also officially announced to be debuting here in August. Um, We've also got some news that Kevin Kiner, the composer of The Clone Wars and Rebels, will be scoring this series with some assistance from Ludwig Gonhortzen, um and uh yeah man we have a lot to discuss in this trailer i don't think you and i are going to do like a full trailer breakdown because we're hard, oh god we're so over time um <laughs> and that would be like another hour and then we'd be like okay on to the next news story uh right. but no what do you think about this uh trailer let's just go like emotional reactions you know we
1: don't have to go beat by beat but uh, what was your reaction how you feeling uh, well, with this being the first big thing to happen, uh, at Star Wars Celebration and the first thing that I woke up to, um, I will say my, my expectations, uh, were met slash exceeded. Um, we get a lot of good looks at characters here. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, little bits of performance, things that can kind of indicate what we can expect, um. It's really good to hear. I'll I'll say, you know, as we get into more of this conversation, I think it's important to make the distinction that um, that Rosario Dawson was able to speak a lot to what this show has become, what the character has become um, and being able to hear Rosario talk about, you know, you know, going back and and. Sort of making these adjustments, both physically and looks um, and and costuming, but also making these tweaks to what the character might, you know, what place the character might be in uh, at this time, how they may interact with other characters, which we see obviously. Um, that's a it's it's huge, and I will say my biggest thing. This is just kind of the the fanboy inside of me is that I'm. I'm so glad that we are not straying away too much from what we know. Granted, like I I showed this to my wife and she was like, do I need to like, is there anything (laughs) she phrased it this way? She said, is there anything I need to watch before watching this? Cause I might watch it with you. And I was like, "Um." (laughs)
0: let me tell you about star Wars rebels. It's (laughs) so
1: right. So here's the thing is, is I was like, well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Garrett and I are planning on rewatching Rebels in in preparation for this show, and I was like, "You really like? I would love if you watched it. You don't have to. Like, it's a whole thing. It's only four seasons, but it's like the best Star Wars that there is." And she was like, uh, "I might watch it with you. I might watch it with you." And I was like, "All right, hell yeah, I'll let's take freaking that. go. I'll take that. Let's freaking go." But um, I I don't mean to be like. This is just so difficult for me to balance. Um, I don't mean to be gatekeepy about about my Star Wars, but this is for me. Like <laughs> this show <laughs> is for me. Everyone it's also else, for up. you. <laughs> it, it's it's for you, Garrett. I like it is. It is for you, but it's for me. That's hilarious. And like the the people that are coming to to Ahsoka you know, fresh off the Mandalorian and nothing else or fresh off the 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 sequel movies and nothing else or, you know, fresh off of the the original trilogy and the prequels and nothing else. It's not for them. And that's not me saying that it's not for them. This is the subject material saying like, you better get on board or else. Yeah, there's and, like, there's some required reading for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I think that... As a thing, I would stray away from from this sort of thing. Um, you know, the MCU comes up a lot in our conversation, um, and luckily for a lot of people, it's not been that difficult to stay up to it. Um, but but with where we're at, you know, going into Ahsoka and what you may need to know going into it, that's a difficult place to be. And I hate the idea that we're going to lose people along the way. But I also am trying to balance the fact that this is just rebel season five. Like that's what this is. And, and I am, I'm just okay with it. I'm so okay with it. I'm like I said, I'm trying not to be gatekeepy. It's a really difficult thing to balance knowing that this is Dave Filoni's passion project. This is his, his, you know, the characters that he has bred and the story that he has been creating in his head for so long come to, you know, a, a, a real live thing. Um, it's difficult not to be so insanely excited for him but also so worried that that you know we're turning off a number of casual Star Wars fans here but the fanboy inside of me like I said the fanboy inside of me can be okay with that because I'm just I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled, you know.
0: Yeah, I think for myself I'm like I I'm I'm not saying like uh, this isn't for you in that you can't watch it it's just for us like the real fans. I think for me I think I'm more concerned of someone like my girlfriend who has watched Uh, all of the films uh, except for Solo we haven't gotten to that yet but who has watched Mando and Book of Boba Fett Um, will be starting Obi-Wan soon but has not seen a lick of Clone Wars or Rebels and she's pumped for Ahsoka she loves Ahsoka Um, we're going to Star Wars night at Disneyland soon and she is doing like a Disney bound like Ahsoka costume you know like she really likes Ahsoka but hasn't seen send it
1: pics Garrett send pics I need (laughs) to know I for
0: sure well uh, it's from the ahsoka walkabout one so with the martez sisters so hopefully nice. you approve with the denim and everything it's it's, it's that's pretty cool. fine with me yeah um but she's like she's pumped for this and she really likes ahsoka a lot and um i i think it's I also have encouraged her to like, um I'm like, Oh, I would love to watch Clone Wars with you or Rebels with you. I, I think my more concern, and it's I don't it's not like a gatekeepy thing, and I don't think you're being gatekeepy. I don't think that's the right word. I, I think it's more of like I'm curious how people who haven't seen that shit are gonna respond to this. Cause it's like yeah, yeah. it's you're jumping into a sequel of a book that you've never read or you've just kind of heard <laughs> tell about. But I think it's interesting because this trailer to me doesn't feel as much like season five is a rebel of rebels as I was thinking it does. This feels like because rebels isn't about ahsoka rebels has right. ahsoka in it but it's not about her clone wars is about ahsoka you know she's the protagonist of the series and i think that this feels like ahsoka's story and in that also the rebels in the ghost crew they are also there too um right. i think right. they're a huge portion of it of course but they it feels flipped you know like they feel as in this as she was in rebels it was still rebels though not the ahsoka animated show but this feels like the kind of the the yin to the yang of that if that that makes sense so like their position is what is concurrent to how ahsoka was in the rebels show i'm sure that makes sense right but
1: um yes of course yeah the
0: trailer for me though i think was good i think it's cryptic i don't really know too much about it i i love that this trailer Throws a lot of adjectives at Ahsoka and like describes her as a bunch of different things. I think that that's really interesting. There's some characters in here that are very. We we know nothing about other than the actor and their name uh, and their look like that's really all that we get. Um, I love that there is some familiar faces in here. Um, we of course get our first look at Natasha Leo Bordizio as Sabine, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as uh, Harrison Dula, um, and then we also get the back of the head of Lars Mickelson. If you really want to find the picture of his face, you can you can do so. It's out there. It's, I've seen it's, it. It's <laughs> in the internet. Yeah, um, of Lars Mickelson who is confirmed to be portraying live action Grand Admiral Thrawn, which I'm sure you and I are super stoked for that as well as people like Genevieve O'Reilly is Mothma like all that kind of stuff is great and it really does feel like kind of a spiritual sequel to the rebels rather than just a straight up Revels season 5. So, um what do you kind of want to hop onto here cuz we, we I have got some like plot points here in our notes, but we don't have to really go into everything. Let's just let's start with the baddies. So, we have uh Skull, skull who's portrayed by of course Ray Stevenson uh and then his apprentice Shin Hati uh portrayed by Ivana Sakono. I apologize if I mispronounce their name, but let's theorize Noah. What are they? Are they Sith? Are they from the past? Are they world between worlds? Are they Grey Jedi? What do you think?
1: Uh, I immediately, and this is not, I'm. it's funny you mentioned this. I've not been much on Twitter. Um, I probably should be because, you know, whatever. Um, but I immediately was like, these gotta be like people from the past, right? Like there's gonna be some world between worlds stuff. Um, I wonder a lot if, if these are people that have come from the past or if there's something to do with that, if they're, you know, I don't think that they're gray Jedi. I think that that's kind of not, I don't want to say bunk, but like, cause I love, I know that people love gray Jedi and the idea of gray Jedi. Um, but with, with what Dave Filoni has talked about having them being maybe a little bit different than you might initially expect. Um, a lot of people were like, I hate the fact that that the red lightsabers look so bad. Uh, It's because you have shit taste. They look sick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, Dave Floney was like, well, they're not really supposed to be red. Um, Yeah, I I, I think that there's something interesting here. I would love the idea if they were like, you know, if if they were disconnected from Jedi and Sith altogether um, or what we know about Jedi and Sith. Again, this sort of mimicking the idea that, uh, Ahsoka is a Jedi, but also not a Jedi. Um, that, that sort of idea as well. So for me, super, super interesting. I cannot wait for a, uh, you know, something here that is not more inquisitor stuff. Granted, there is something in the trailer that looks a little bit like an inquisitor, but that really wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I'm glad that we can kind of get away from some of those things that feel a little bit familiar, uh, and, and, uh, you know, not necessarily worn out. Um, but there's, there's more story to tell I feel in, in a, in a character that is so mysterious, uh, and and could be any number of things. So I'm really, really excited about the, uh, the adversaries here. Obviously Thrawn is, is the, the big thing here. Um, and I think, uh, the back of his head sure does look great. Um, and so does the front because yeah, I also saw it on TikTok. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 just really really thrilled about the uh, what we get so far of of adversarial antagonistic uh, portrayals here. I am so like I just want to know a little bit more. I don't want to know too much, uh, and I don't think that we get too much from this from this teaser. Um, but yeah, I really want to know more. Yeah.
0: I think that and I I'm going to try to speculate responsibly to uh, uh all right quote the force Center friends I think that these force users are not sith I think they are dark side Uber uh, Ubers, uh, users um, they're uber drivers um, nice. but not I think that these two are not, are not from this era. I think they are from maybe times past. And I think that they are on the side of Thrawn because I think that Thrawn has been shown to be a character that has been like foiled by the force, you know, like he is a master strategist and the only thing that has been able to beat him is things that he hasn't like accounted for. And that's the force, you know, that's something that he's, not really able to plan for. And I love that he could maybe like call in a favor, you know, for some people from times past, you know, who might know a thing or two about the force. Um, I think that it's possible that these people are from the past. We also have the world, you know, they obviously have the world between worlds, some Form or another. We might even see it in this trailer. Who knows? But like the logo of the show really kind of alludes to that too. Um, So I think it's possible that these people might be from the past. I think the idea that I am more compelled by, Noah, uh, is the idea of Grey Jedi uh i think the f- idea of gray jedi is bullshit i think it, it is anti-star <laughs> wars i think yes, that is i think that is directly opposed to george lucas's like definition and theory of star wars and i would love if they were in this show because i think that this would prove that it's bullshit i think yeah. using I these people as like no you can't be halfway. You can't be in one way or the other. It doesn't work like that. That's not balance. You know, I would love the idea that they're like that. And as such, I would love if they had these synthetic crystals because their connection with the force maybe isn't as strong because of the kind of the half in half out sort of attitude. They're lightsabers, just purely cosmetic. Um, I love. Um, I think that they're supposed to look a little off. If you look at the poster, the, the the poster probably the one that you're thinking of. No, not that one. The other one of the poster of Star <laughs> Wars, like not the one where Luke is like you know raising up the blade, but the other one. You know, like that Star Wars poster. If you look at Darth Vader, he has like this orangish, orangish, reddish sort of saber. It's not white. It's the one that I have on a shirt. Yes, yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. It's that yeah. poster. You know, it's like the Star Wars poster, but it's the one that I I think is this. A really unique look of a lightsaber, and I think that Filoni has maybe pulled on something like that, which I think is really fascinating. So, um, we don't really know much, too much about Balin or uh, Ivana, uh, but I think it would be really compelling if they were from the past, something that Thrawn kind of uses to have a better understanding of the Force. Who knows? Uh, we will certainly talk about that even more. What do you think about some of the other familiar faces that we get here? Um, we have Morgan Elsbeth uh, from The Mandalorian. We get a very brief look at Ezra Bridger, Portrayed by iman uh, s fondi um and we also get to see professor hu yang portrayed by david Tennant, uh, of course in the clone wars so what do you think about some of the familiar faces including the rebels group as well as uh, some others
1: uh well we have to make mention of chopper um hell yeah because Our favorite he's war back criminal. he's back and and he well one he looks great yeah. um I am, I think, most excited uh, about Natasha Leigh-Bordizio's Sabine, mostly because what we get is, you know, I I think that this show has sort of been not like, not misleading, um, but that it's not fully, you know, it's not fully explaining itself yet. And I think that that's a good thing, that the idea is what we know, and I'll just put it this way, to be blunt Sabine cut her hair super duper short at the at the end of Rebels um and now she's got a full head again like uh, that's a that's a lot of hair mm-hmm. and she says oh it's been a while it has to have been a while and for me this says that there is something more To the search for Ezra, um, that it's not just as cut and dry as, you know, Ahsoka's like, all right, we're on a mission and we gotta go do this thing, and this is that mission. No, there there's something more to it. And I think that the ghost crews, uh their presence here says a lot about, you know, what might be at stake. Uh, for these characters, what might be at stake for the galaxy. I think that that's super interesting. I would love if if this, you know, if having the Ghost crew be, you know, stepping away from whatever they're doing, right? Zeb is is in the New Republic, and he's doing his thing. We don't really know what the others are up to, but there's a lot going on, enough to draw them out to say, okay, they need to be here for this purpose. And that to me, if we're saying that this is going to be setting up Thrawn as the, for lack of a better term that I hate to use, as the Thanos of this story, this Mando verse um, then yeah, I am, I'm all for it. I think that it's incredibly important that they're here. It's not just the, the fan service of, oh my gosh, it's Hera. Oh my gosh, it's Sabine. Uh, oh my gosh, it's Chopper, you know, no, they need to be here. And, and I'm really excited to see what, you know, what these, these characters lend to Ahsoka's story, you know?
0: Yeah. I do want to know as far as Sabine's hair, we do see, uh, 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 like there was kind of a photo released at the panel of Sabine and we'll also, the sneak peek that we got last celebration, her hair is shorter, so she does either flashback or flash forward or whatever, because we don't really know where this is at is in the timeline. We don't really right, know, right? Like even in within rebels itself like is this pre-ahsoka the white is it post-ahsoka the white if it's pre how long if it's post how long like a lot of that seems like we're building to ahsoka the white like it seems like this show will take place before that rebels moment which i think is fascinating so we'll definitely get to see all of that um we got our first look at mary elizabeth winstead as Hera. i think she looks great um, uh, I love that her and Ewan, uh, her husband, of course, is are now both in Star Wars. I think that's really fun. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, she will do a great job at portraying Hera. I think the look that we get, she looks good enough. I, I, I think um, the – I think Twi'leks have not looked amazing in live action. Um, I think that there's – the one in that first season of Mando I think looks – terrible <laughs> um, but then we see garcia Whip, and boba fett and she looks amazing so like she looks so good um hopefully we are closer to the Garceff whip of things rather than that one lady in season one of Mando. Not my fave. Which uh, which lady? I'm I'm struggling to remember. The, the, in the prison break, the one that's there to break out her uh, brother or boyfriend or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, what I'm talking about the yeah. one that's like practically like hissing at Mando. It's she's like biting everybody, and yeah, it's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. yeah. But uh, she looks great from like the brief look that we get of her. There's no Jason Sondulla in this. Uh, I'm not sure if we're even gonna get him in this series at all all but we also get to see some loath cats which look great they seem to be like practically done rather than the the digital model that we saw in mando season one so that was a lot of fun um so i i'm excited to get a better look at this series uh but of right now we're kind of just having to uh, theorize because even this trailer is like it's pretty cryptic no it's pretty cryptic
1: yeah and, and i'm okay with that i i'm i'm glad to uh you know, I'm I'm not one. Obviously, we put our we put our tinfoil hats on from time to time here. Um, but when it comes to something like this that I am so insanely excited for, and and my expectations are not. You know, I'm not raising my expectations to an to an unreasonable level. I I just know that there is so much craft in what we're going to see, and so much passion and heart put into it. Um, that there's no way that I'm not going to be in love with this thing, and usually when I feel like that about uh, a Star Wars thing, then I will refrain from speculating too much, only because I want to let it play out however it's going to play out, uh, which is what I will do with this show. I'm just happy to uh, to have my own little my own little head theories uh, about about everything here. So not too much more to say other than that.
0: Yeah, I'm so thrilled for you and uh, your excitement for Ahsoka is is going to be really palpable. The thing that I'm very pumped for, I'm excited for Ahsoka, but the thing that I is like, oh, yeah, this is like so far up my alley. It practically is like, you know, uh, my, it was parked right next to my car uh, is the <laughs> acolyte, which we got first or uh, kind of our first look at um, at Star Wars celebration uh complete with a new logo. It's not my fave. I like the other logo a little bit it's better. It's not my favorite either. It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's just a little it's it's like it's giving like
1: divergent, you know, like insurgent Ugh. sort of energy here. Ugh. It's fine. Why did you say that? It's Why did fine. you Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like I was going to say like it's giving like the new Mozilla Firefox like downgrade, That's you know fair. what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally uh, get that. Yeah but now you've you've gone and implanted that into my head you're like damn and, it is right uh, <laughs> he's so right do you know like he's the, so right you know like the
0: host like do you remember that yeah it looks yeah. it looks like that it's just got ya energy
1: is what i'm saying Ugh. Ugh. yeah yeah uh, now i'm looking at the logo of the host and they're very similar <laughs> they're <laughs> well, i was gonna i was gonna say uh the 100 which is actually something that that people like a lot um is it the one hundred or am I thinking of something else? I think it is the one hundred. Yeah, Maybe it's not. Doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter. It is the
1: one hundred. Okay. You know, we're moving on.
0: <laughs> moving on. We got too much news to discuss here. Uh, but Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that she has yes seen the first four finished episodes of The Acolyte and was blown away. Nothing too much to take away from that. I don't think she would be like, I saw the first four episodes and they're fine. You know, like <laughs> start with celebration, get excited. This thing sucks. You know. Uh, but I think blown away is is, is good news. But um. Leslie Headland, the, the, the thing that really got me excited for this is the fact that Leslie Hedland uh, of course, is the showrunner, created Russian Doll, all that good stuff, is a, a, a big figure in the horror community as well. She described the acolyte as, quote, Frozen meets Kill Bill. Um, and she uh, described it not only this way in the panel, but also uh, apparently at the pitch uh, for this show. Um, production is expected to wrap up, uh, wrap up in May, and the show is confirmed to be released in 2024. Um, Jonas Suatimo, uh, who portrayed Su- uh, Chewbacca in the, uh, uh, sequel trilogy, as well as in solo star Wars story, uh, will be playing Wookiee Jedi master, Kel Naka in the acolyte. Um, it, I don't know if Jonas himself was the one who walked Leslie Hedlund out on the celebration stage, but this Wookiee Jedi was at celebration. So everybody got to have like an in-person look at this. Um, we also get Lee Jung-jae who is, uh, confirmed to be playing a Jedi master in the show, um, we also got Daphne Keene, uh, who has confirmed that she, yes, uses a lightsaber in The Acolyte, but uh, was unclear whether or not she portrays a Jedi. Um, we didn't get to see this trailer. It wasn't released publicly, so we can kind of only go on uh, what people kind of described the footage to look like. Um, and Empire Magazine is who I'm using their description. They said it looked incredible. Uh, they said, and I quote, Jedi everywhere, lightsabers galore, a darker, epic, Andor-like tone. We saw Pat plenty of aliens, and a jaw-dropping martial arts uh, force fight between carrie Ann Moss and Amanda Stenberg's characters. So Noah, the Acolyte, uh, like I said, the Ahsoka is, is, seems right up your alley, but this has my name written all over it. Uh, what do you think about the new details
1: that we got of the upcoming The Acolyte? This is this is like interesting for me because yes, I'm so thrilled to be back in, like you said, I'm I'm so thrilled to be back in Ahsoka world. Um I feel like the Acolyte is the I feel like it will be the savior of <laughs> of Star Wars in the sense that this sounds like it is exactly for anybody who like previous things have not been for. Um because this the acolyte has so much promise. Um, the fact that we can, that we can, you know, speculate about, you know, who's doing what and what's the, what's the leaning of this character. It barely matters when we're talking about subject matter, when we're talking about era, when we're talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the different characters that, that we're, you know, experiencing, whether it's a Wookiee Jedi or, you know, some kind of, some kind of Sith versus versus Jedi, but it's not, it's unfamiliar to, to what we know. Um, I think that there's so much promise for this show that I cannot wait for it to get here any faster. Um, I'm, I'm probably not as excited as you. And that's not to say that I'm like not excited (laughs) for it. Um, because I, I have a difficult time like measuring like, Oh, you know, this is going to be great, but like, I can't wait for this, you know. I think that, you know, the biggest thing in my mind is like, man, 2024, that you got to be joking me. Um, but you know, we're getting so much stuff. I can't complain that much. Uh, so I this to me feels like a dream come true for a lot of people that that have become a little bit jaded to things, uh or at least I would hope so that this that this is maybe a revitalization of like no man star wars can be pretty damn cool uh and here's why so that for me is is very intriguing i cannot wait for leslie headland's interpretation of what star wars looks like with this you know amalgamation of different tones i think that it's perfect to to say like what if this plus this um and and be able to skin that because like we've talked about so many times, Star Wars dips its toe into things here and there, not even just the, you know, the things that we talk about so often, whether it's Kurosawa or, or, you know, Spaghetti Western, but being able to look at a Star Wars thing, something like Andor, again, and taking taking notes of like, oh, this has hints of of political drama. This has hints of, you know, of, of these themes of, you know, prison treatment and, and social justice. And, you know, what does that look like here in star Wars? I'm so thrilled that we have a chance to look at those things in a story theme sense, uh, because there's a lot of room I think to play with, with, uh, metaphorical themes and, you know, analyzing what, what is trying to be said, because there's so little that we know about the high Republic in this Context in this shade of things. Granted, yes, the books have quite a lot to say, uh, and I'm sure that that that's not lost on anybody who's who's read these books. Clearly, there will be themes and motifs that carry over. Um, but being able to connect this in the world of the you know the streaming platform and say, okay, this is what we were trying to say here. I think the I think that the the field is so open for play that I cannot wait uh, for someone to take a crack at it. So really, really excited for all of it. I I think that something
0: that I'm so pumped for in this is Leslie Headland as a as a filmmaker and a creator beyond just their Star Wars resume. Them them being such an. Uh, uh, an open and abashed, unabashed love for uh, a horror, I, I think is really great as someone like myself who really likes horror. I can't wait to see how that kind of um, uh, finds its way into the series, which is described as a mystery thriller. Um, beyond that, if you watch any of these um panels the the ones that were live streamed this celebration if you haven't watched them i implore you to do so especially the acolyte ones uh as well as a bunch of other ones but if you want to kind of know more about her perspective i would encourage you to watch the ones with leslie leslie Headland because she has displayed such a knowledge and a love and you know beyond just hey I got to direct Star Wars cool right you know like no she is diving into like what these stories mean why these stories resonate with her and not just the obvious ones you know not just like and I I love Ewan so much uh, uh, but not just like yeah I saw it when I was nine and it had such a big impression you know that's like stuff that we yeah, hear from yeah. everybody which is great and valuable and I love all that stuff and love hearing those stories but Leslie Headland is like no I was around in like the mid to early 90s when Star Wars wasn't really a thing and I read these books and it got me excited and I love The Phantom Menace actually and I really want to tell a story of like getting to there and the fact that she uh, uh, kind of came to Lucasfilm with this story and they were like cool we love that but you have to play in the sandbox of the High Republic. And she was like, great, excellent, let me do that. You know, the fact that she has been able to include fan favorite characters like Vernestra Rowe, um, who is a High Republic character, will be portrayed by Rebecca Henderson, which is uh, Leslie Headland's wife, I think is really exciting um, as someone who has read the High Republic books. But all of the things that she's talking about here and about power and who wields it and all of these things, I think really is paving a way towards something like The Phantom Menace that I think is about time that people take a harder look at beyond just the jake lloyd nah he's a kid his performance doesn't work for me or hey jar jar steps in poop <laughs> you know like look beyond that you know look a bit deeper and look at what the story is actually trying to tell and I, people get so close sometimes and they're like the jedi and the phantom menace actually kind of suck and mace windu in attack of the clones is a hypocrite at the very beginning of the movie he says that they're they're peacekeepers not soldiers and then at the end of the movie they're somehow soldiers it's like God, you're so close. You're so <laughs> close. You know, you're almost there. You know. Um, so the fact that Leslie Headland has taken the opportunity to dive into these stories and, and knows confidently why they speak to her on a level, and then is not only taking that love, but her love of uh, kung fu movies. Um, uh, Amanda Lichtenberg talked about how much she has trained specifically in, I believe, it's wuxia. Um, which is like a a type of martial arts and like a genre of martial arts movies um, and is talking about how much that she has brought this or they have brought, excuse me, this physicality to this role and their fights with um, Carrie Ann Moss, who, of course, plays Trinity in The Matrix, who is no, no stranger to martial arts fighting. You know, the fact that they were able to bring all of these, this love of, you know, uh, the prequels and you know, uh, uh, all of these things that make this galaxy, what it is. And, and, and the philosophy that George was so, um, uh, 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 moved by into include fan favorite characters or, or species like, and I guess slight spoiler. So I'll give you like a little bit of time to turn your radio down or something. <laughs> um, but the uh were described to be in this trailer. So that's really great. You know, the fact that she's using like Easter eggs and details like that, and what those characters mean in that movie and, and how she is going to draw this path, getting us to that point. You know, I am just so so excited to to learn more about this i know that there were a lot of people who attended this panel that were discussing the fight choreography of everything and that i don't have the the uh, choreographers names in front of me but Bringing these like very accomplished, uh, uh, serious fight choreographers into this and making that a vehicle for the story's action and fighting, which goes to what you were saying about a lot of people kind of being like, I wish the lightsaber battles were a bit better in Um, You know, the sequel trilogy and that she's like, okay, cool, I'm going to make Kill Bill, you know, or or House of Flying Daggers or House of the Hidden Dragon or, or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, excuse me, and like make that into Star Wars. She also mentioned Lady Snowblood. And I'm just hearing all of these like. Just like, oh my God, that sounds so cool! <laughs> like, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait, Noah. Like all of these things, acolyte, frozen meats, kill Bill. It's this, you know, story set before the Phantom Menace, leading us there. I'm just like, I, my excitement cannot be contained. I'm so, yeah, thrilled. Every syllable that I hear come out of Leslie Hudson's mouth, I'm just like, yes, I want to see it. Put it in my veins, Noah.
1: <laughs> there, there's so much to be excited for, and and I do truly think that. You know, having a perspective of, you know, this is the this is the place in Star Wars where I entered. Therefore, this is what I want to this is what I want to put out back into Star Wars. Um, someone that understands, like you said, the philosophy of, of George Lucas um, and and what that what importance that holds moving forward is huge because I think that. I think that people get wrapped up a little bit in the, you know, oh, we get it. The Force Awakens is just like a new hope. And these we've seen these ideas over and over. But I think you're right that that, you know, the Phantom Menace has a lot to say about where things end up. Um, and I think that a lot of people miss it. And so to have a filmmaker that, that understands the philosophy and the theology of where the Jedi are and how they got to that point, um, is incredible that we can say, okay, great, make something. And, and this is, this is exactly that. I think it's, I think it's perfect. I think it's so exciting that we're getting so close to this and having more information is just, ah, splendid.
0: Yeah, uh, I I know they revealed a trailer at Star Wars Celebration, and you know obviously they're not even done filming yet, so it's gonna be a minute before we get like a publicly released trailer. You can find leaked footages of like half of the trailer; it's out there if you really want to look for it. I'm not gonna lie and act like I haven't peeked, and even just from like the smidgen of footage that we got to see from this, I I I simply cannot
1: wait, Noah. I can't wait. It sounds sick. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, well, now I'm but- I'm really excited for. I was gonna say I'm really excited for uh, the the last show that they that they talked about mm-hmm. yes
0: uh skeleton crew noah was the uh, last of the Lucasfilm studio showcase before they went on and talked about the movies um and uh actually there's uh there's one more there's one more show on here noah so many shows oh so there is shows. yeah we have another show to talk about well, we kind of already well, know but a, this is like a, not a new show yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i get i get what you're saying um skeleton crew Noah, we got our first look at that uh dave Filoni described the series as a show about a group of kids in the star wars galaxy going on an adventure that is more than they can handle. Um, John Watts actually pitched the series to Jon Favreau while they were doing the uh, production of Spider-Man Far From Home. Apparently, he had approached Disney even before Disney plus about doing uh, this series and got turned down. And then in working at uh, on Spider-Man far from home, uh, he was like, Hey John, I got an idea, you know, and then eventually (laughs) just went uh, to Disney. Um, Kathleen Kennedy did confirm that skeleton crew will have a similar vibe to Amblin movies, uh, films like ET and the Goonies, um, which yes, feature kids and are kind of about kids, but aren't necessarily exclusively for children. You know, Um, the show's lineup of directors would, were revealed, including a ton of really talented people, John Watts, of course, uh, but also David Lowry, the Daniels, Bryce Dallas Howard, Lee Isaac Chung, as well as a ton of other people. Um, So, yes, a trailer was shown to the uh, Celebration crowd featuring a group of kids going on an adventure in a Star Wars universe, including in a suburb, in a school, and then pirates from the Mandalorian. Um, And uh, Jude Law is also revealed at the end of the trailer to be a force-sensitive refugee who the kids believe to be a Jedi. Of course, not confirmed to actually, yes, be a Jedi. So what is your kind of uh, quick takeaway of, you know, what we... At, we haven't got to see much, but um, what do you think about Amblin,
1: but in Star Wars? I'm, I'm, I'm really, really pumped for this. I, I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about this before, where, uh, the average Star Wars fan, the casual Star Wars fan, or you know, even less than casual Star Wars fan, um, I am fueled. By their hatred for something And this to me Seems like a polarizing thing um, So maybe along the lines of something like the bad batch. I don't think that the bad batch really is polarizing, but when it's like, nah, I don't mess with that animated garbage, you know? Um, We talked a little bit uh, a while ago about uh, just a really horrible take that I saw on Twitter and just had to respond to. Um, But it's people like that that are like, you know, "Ah, they got to stop messing around with all this garbage and, and nobody knows what they're doing over there. and, okay, man, you do better. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this thing. And when you have, you know, your great pitch for how to fix Star Wars, uh, I'm sure Disney would love to hear it. Uh, But until then, you know, that's just like, this is where I'm sort of expecting this in a sense of, I don't think that this is going to be for everybody. I don't think that everybody is going to love this. I can think of a couple people off the top of my head that I talk to on a daily basis that are like, yeah, I think I'm going to skip this one. And I'm like like the the same uh, guy that was mad about Daisy Ridley coming. It's the (laughs) same guy. It's the same guy. How, how would you know? How'd you know? Uh, again, I won't name names, but, uh, anyways, um, that, that stuff is like, all right, more for me i'm going to enjoy this and and i'm going to be the one that's like actually this thing is sick and oh you missed it <laughs> okay sorry uh you know cuz i'm not like i said i'm not trying to be like i'm not trying to be gatekeeping i'm not trying to say like no this is my star wars and and i'm going to enjoy it if you're not going to enjoy it then get the heck out of here i just feel like you know having stories like this that we've not seen before is so fascinating to me and for that reason alone, I can say, I'm so excited for something like this. And I have a lot of faith in, in the, uh, in the child actors that are, that are in this show. Um, as soon as it was announced, I went and looked at, at some of their IMDB credits. Granted, there's not a lot there, they're kids. Um, but you know, accomplished enough to the point where like, there's no reason for me to, to say, Oh man, it's, you know, well, that's not, that's not great. That's not going to be, you know, whatever. Um, I just think that, you know, when we talk about Star Wars and say that realistically Star Wars is for everybody and that includes children, then there needs to be that perspective. Yes, as a child, you know, you and I can say, "Oh, we look up to Obi-Wan and and we look up to Luke Skywalker." I was always when we when my brother and I played, I was always Luke Skywalker. And, and that's a character that I know that I looked up to, but there's a difference between looking up to and seeing yourself in as a, you know, as, as a budding child, I never said, you know, Oh, I see, I see myself in Luke Skywalker. That's, you know, he has, I, I have parts of Luke Skywalker in me, you know, like that's not, that's not something that children can comprehend, but something like this feels so fresh in a way that, that really speaks to, you know, great this is for children that that you know see themselves as lost in this huge galaxy with barely anybody to depend on um and and fighting their way through this world that is truly crazy um i think that that's really important and the idea of skinning this in a way that's that is so familiar but also you know familiar in the sense of like yeah i've seen the goonies i've seen you know yada 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 I just, uh, I, I cannot wait. And on a personal note, uh, super eight by JJ Abrams directed by JJ Abrams is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I know it's not perfect, but it is one of my all time favorite movies. And that feels a little bit like this is kind of in that same, that same arena and, uh, cannot wait. I can't wait.
0: Just had to throw that personal anecdote
1: in there. I love it. I (laughs) had to,
0: I had to. Uh, they brought a few of the uh, actors on stage uh, some of those who you had mentioned uh, and they seemed really enthusiastic about the property I think I'm in a different space of, uh, f- as you are in that I think out of all of the series that have been announced this is going to play the most well to general audiences I think that so? I think so yeah like look at something like Stranger Things it's hugely popular do you need to be like a big D&D fan or whatever nerd fandom to like get it no like you just need to watch the show I I think that this is going to be very popular my concern is not that it will or won't be popular i think that it is going to have more of a light-hearted amblin feel to it and people are going to then feel the need to punch down and say, I don't like this series. I blame you, small child. You know, when they're gonna <laughs> yes. pin all the yes, blame on exactly. these kids um, for a show that they don't like. And I say that from experience. I know that that's happened before. Uh, with you Star were Wars a kid fans. that was
1: blamed for a show that someone I was didn't like. No, and yeah, they said you, <laughs> small boy,
0: Phantom Menace sucked, and then they kicked me down a flight of stairs. No, I mean, no. like there are people that who are involved in this show and actors being the face of this. Franchise uh, and the people kind of look to them first and and put the blame squarely on their sh- on their uh, soldiers' shoulders. Excuse me. Uh, uh, whether or not that's fair, of course, um, is to be discussed. But I think that this is one that is going to play super well with fans. I think that, uh, from everything we've seen, this is, uh, like true to spirit ET Goonies vibes. Every video I saw of star Wars celebration coverage. Um, by the way, if you want to see more stuff, Alex and Molly Damon covered the entire festival or the entire convention as did our uh, Force center friends and a ton of other people. So, uh, be sure to check out their coverage as well, but everybody described this as like E.T. and the Goonies, all that kind of stuff. So I think that uh, those being very popular series, something that Kathleen Kennedy, of course, has uh, should have a pretty solid understanding of what an Amblin movie feels like, because she was involved in making more than a few of them. (laughs) Uh, Even some of those I've already mentioned. Um, I think this is something that's going to play super well to me. I feel like this I feel like a, like a teacher over like an elementary school. And there are those kids that I always have to get on, you know, and then there's this the kid that's like, I don't have to say anything to them. They're going to do their work and they're going to, you know, I feel like this is the skeleton crew to where it's like, I got to focus on the other kids you just keep doing what you're doing. I feel, I feel like Skeleton Crew is going to play really well to fans. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to like shatter my expectations. I think I think I, I think it's going to be solid and good, if not great. Um, but I don't think that this is going to be like, oh my god, Star Wars has never been better than this. Um, I, I, I think it's gonna be a really fun adventure, hopefully uh, with like an it level cast of kids you know leaving it being like those kids are fucking magic you know like i yeah, really yeah. hope that we have that similar uh level here vivian lyra lyra blair being a recent addition into like child performances in star wars and they absolutely crushed it so i'm really hopeful that these kids are able to do something so um yeah skeleton crew uh, from what we've seen which isn't much it sounds great uh from all accounts it looks great too so i can't wait to uh, find out more Um, but we also got some more details here on andor season two including some uh, footage of the season um Unfortunately, you and I don't really have much to go on here. Even the footage that was debuted wasn't a trailer. It wasn't a sizzle reel. It was just kind of like a highlight reel of just a bunch of different like action beats. Cassian's got a new haircut and a different wardrobe. K2SO isn't in it and it's coming out next summer, you know, so like (laughs) we don't really have too much to to talk about other than Andor season one was pretty great. I'm stoked for season two.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, from what we do know, I'm Thrilled that we are at a point where, you know, we can fully depend on, okay, Cassian has this motive now, he has this, this, you know, sort of mission that he answers to. Um, And what does that necessarily look like in this context of the, you know, of the show that we know so far, um, especially the other characters that we've been introduced to, cannot wait for more uh, Cyril Karn, cannot wait for more Mon Mothma. I know that, you know, based on what other people are talking about, about the footage, I know that Bix is back in a big way. Bix, baby! Um, which, yeah, I I really, really am, am excited for that um, because... If we're looking at all these characters that are just watching these things happen around them Mm -hmm. uh, in season one and it reaches this boiling point, um, then, you know, where does that leave all of these characters who say, you know, something needs to be done and I have to be a part of it. And I love the fact that we are jumping into it just head on. I cannot wait for this. I know that I, I really was like, you know. I wasn't intentionally going out and looking for for leaked footage um but you know there was something on TikTok that when I when I was scrolling through and heard the Andor theme I was like oh, oh no <laughs> no yeah. uh so yeah that's that's uh whew. yeah I'm just I'm really really I'm really excited so is everybody I mean this is I really hope that season 2 is is the point where you know People that have been hearing, oh, Andor was awesome. Like Andor was so great. Like, you know, are you gonna you gonna watch season two? They're like, I guess I have to. I hope that this draws in a lot of people. You know, yeah. Andor is the show that I keep having to recommend to people. People like
0: find out yeah. I'm a Star Wars fan. They're like, oh, what do you think, Amanda? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and just like, and then talk about it. I'm like, did you watch Andor? Like, I literally have to do that with like my mom, who like generally watches most Star Wars stuff, or um you know, friends that I work with or whatever. I, I keep recommending Andor. I'm like, God, keep you gotta watch it's so great so um hopefully if season two comes around we'll get more eyes on this because and or season one was simply phenomenal just phenomenal took some settling into for sure um i was kind of like unsure of like I like this, but well, this is interesting, you know, but now that I feel like my, my palette for it is like fully ready to, you know, what I'm expecting this season to be. It's I, I I hope I have nothing but confidence for this new, it has, it doesn't have to prove anything to me. I think that's why I'm not like, Oh, we didn't get any footage. Like I really kind of want to see more of it. I'm like, i know what it's gonna be like and i'm stoked for it it sounds awesome you know (laughs) like absolutely mon mothma is forming a rebellion cyril karn's gonna be there too great you know (laughs) sign (laughs) me up i don't need to see k2so i don't need to see all of these things this is just something that i'm like yeah season one rocked and i expect season two to rock as well something that can also be said about the bad batch season three which is revealed to be uh not only on the way but will be the final season uh is anticipated to release in 2024 a teaser trailer was shown to attendees uh featured emperor palpatine on mount tantus uh as well as some other familiar faces including fennec shand uh, nala say captain rex and commander wolf which is uh really exciting that they were there too um omega is also seen like kind of in like an imperial prison outfit with a new haircut Uh, with the Bad Batch really seeming like they are um, uh, uh, making an effort to capture Omega and their kind of frustration that they haven't been able to uh, do that. Apparently, the trailer showed plenty of action, new characters, including a darker tone uh, and even a Sarlacc pit. So Noah, you and I were very much so anticipating the announcement of season three. How does it feel to finally get that confirmation?
1: This is like I've said before. This is something that I'm so happy that we that that I keep saying we I don't work for Lucasfilm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we as we as Star Wars, uh, you know, just have faith in. Um, and I'm not saying that like I need you know a show with with a gritty, dark, you know, I don't need it to be this, this so you know, grungy tone, but knowing that. You know, what we came off of in season two, we had, I would say, you know, exponentially less filler episodes uh, than than story episodes. Um, And I was talking to my dad about this because I was like, hey, as soon as I heard this news, I was like, hey, news just dropped. Bad Batch season three is the last season. And he was pretty upset, actually. He was, like, <laughs> not happy. <laughs> he, he was like, this needs three more seasons at least. Six seasons, uh,
0: Rob? You're out of could your mind, mind, Robert.
1: Could you imagine? <laughs> but that's the thing is, I, I, you know, we're in an age where, where – these stories don't just go on indefinitely with, with no end in sight. And I think nor the Clone they. Wars, <laughs> nor should they. Yeah. I think that the Clone Wars is an interesting specimen because there's clearly an end. We know that, you know, the, the show can't go much farther than, than revenge of the Sith. Right. You know, so that's, that's different in a way, but there's so much to be told there. I think that what we have now is, is a story with such a clear outlined a clear outlined mission of, you know, this is what's important to these characters. We're not going to be putzing around the galaxy without Omega. That's just not how it's going to go. So I can hope that, you know, for all of the episodes, we are dealing with the ramifications of what has happened in season two. We are learning new things. There are revelations. There are conflicts between, you know, these huge forces at play. And if that's all contained in one season, that is plenty for me. I cannot wait for it. I just can't wait.
0: Yeah, of course, you and I love season two um, if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to our 100 episode celebration we did a in-depth deep dive on uh, uh season two and all of our thoughts and feelings now that the entire season had wrapped up uh and if you didn't listen to it Spoiler alert. We fucking loved it. It's such a great season (laughs) of Star Wars television. One of my favorite seasons of Star Wars anything. It's so, so great. Um, And the fact that we're getting more is really exciting. I also expect nothing less than this season to also be great. Um, I don't really have any like big tinfoil hat theories. I'm sure we're going to, you know, get more Bad Batch. And it's going to be a lot about them trying to rescue Omega as well as understand their identity of, you know, the types of clones that they want to be and mm-hmm. continuing to show the transition from clones to the empire, like something that the show has always been. So again, ton of confidence in this show. Love season two. I'm sad that season three is going to be the end, but I'm also, I uh, again, filled with more confidence that the creators went, we love this thing, but This is the end of our story. We can tell the story in three seasons and then we're going to move on. You know, would I love to get a fourth season of maybe, hopefully, seeing them eventually become that group that rescues other clones and to really get that leading into Star Wars Rebels? Sure, yeah, that'd be great. But if they feel like they can wrap up this story in one season of TV, excellent. You know, I don't feel like it's been, they're not being like, getting the the old cane off the stage you know they're they're wrapping up their story when they feel it's reached its natural conclusion which gives me a lot of confidence so really excited to uh learn more about this and hopefully we get a trailer soon um another show that is getting another season noah is uh star wars tales of the jedi it was announced at the uh, 15th anniversary panel which is now streaming on youtube if you guys haven't seen it it's so great. Dave Filoni nearly cries. Uh, it's incredible. You also get to see like um, Dee Bradley Baker and Ashley Eckstein, Matt Lanter uh, and James Earl Taylor, like all just goofing around. It's so fun. It's 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 so adorable. Nearly made me cry. Um, but yes, a second season of Tales of the Jedi is on the way. Um, Noah, we don't know much more than Dave Filoni was literally like Hey, Bad Batch really seemed like a lot of fun and I wish I was involved in it more, but I'm not, I'm busy with other stuff. So I just wanted to make another thing, you know, like he kind of, if you haven't seen it, he kind of talks about like Dave Filoni is not that involved in the Bad Batch. Like it's yeah. really not his show. Um, and that he was sort of jealous Uh, In a way, and had such a great time uh, working on the Bad Batch or working on uh, Tales of the Jedi, excuse me, and that he really wanted to use it as an opportunity to one, play with the technology available, but two, also like pass on some knowledge to this new generation of filmmakers coming through. So Noah, what do you think about the uh, reaction or what's your reaction to the news that Tales of the Jedi season two is on the way? Uh,
1: This is really actually surprising for me. I, this was not that I don't like Tales of the Jedi. Um, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, I could sort of take or leave the format. I think Um, I think that the format is fine. I was really surprised that, that this is uh, announced that, that, you know, we're getting more of this. Um, and I guess the, the obvious question is what stories are we looking to tell? Um, you know, if we're, if we're at all following the, the format of the first season with some somewhat mirrored parallel stories, um, then what does that look like? Uh, you know, what areas have we not explored personally? I would love to, I would love to move away from the prequel era of things. Um, If that means original trilogy with some stories about Luke, maybe training Leia, what that might look like. I would be super into that. Uh, if it's sequel stuff with Ray, that would be even cooler. Good call, um, man.
0: Oh, man. My brain this, just like exploded with
1: like, oh, you that'd imagine? be so
0: good. <laughs> could you imagine? Because where else are we going to explore that, right? Like, right, if, if, right. We're, we're, we're obviously not, sorry to break it to you guys, we're not going to get in the Leia movie anytime soon. So like, oh man, what a good idea. No.
1: (laughs) So, Hey, thanks, man. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) But you know, my mind goes to these parallels. And I think that the most obvious is something like Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker, um, you know, that sort of thing. Or even if you take it the other way and say a, you know, an Anakin and a Darth Vader slash, you know, Ben Solo type thing that could be interesting too. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I think the main thing for me is, I'll take whatever. Um, I will. I'll be happy with whatever. Wherever we go, whenever we go. Um, I was just really surprised that this is getting a second season. Not that I didn't think that it was good enough for a second season, but more so that like I didn't really see people clamoring for a second season or seeing you know asking for more of this, which is not necessarily that doesn't mean that that's you know that's not the thing that makes it happen. Um, but you know, nonetheless, I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Sure, man. Sure. Totally. Why not? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, though? I'm stoked.
0: Um, I love that one Dave Filoni really clarified that The Bad Batch isn't really his show. Like, he created The Bad Batch, and he is an executive producer, yes, but it's really Jennifer Corbett uh, who is, like, the, the really steering the ship on that show, which yeah. I thought was really necessary in a weird way i feel like a lot of people think that like Filoni is the bad batch guy and with this new season they're like Filoni did it again and it's like well no it's not yeah <laughs> no, it's not him so um it, it's him yes but it's not him you know if that makes sense uh so tales of the jedi i loved the last season i thought it was terrific i thought i liked a lot of the ahsoka stuff that we got didn't feel like it was super necessary um so it was good but i i didn't feel the need for it the dooku stuff though Awesome. Oh, yeah. So Oof. good. So good. Rock solid. Um, So we don't really know much more than it's happening again. I would love if it is. I love that you went to the sequel trilogy stuff. I think that'd be great. Ben Solo. Yeah, brother, please. That'd be so good. <laughs> We're not getting any more Ben Solo other than maybe a force ghost or something like that. So why not go back? You know, I would love to really see like an adaptation of like the rise of Kylo Ren comic book or something or to see him. You know, at Luke's Academy, if not turning to evil, just hanging out, you know, like I want to yeah, see what yeah. kind of a Jedi Ben Solo was because we going get, on vacation to Endor. Yeah, uh, literally definitely. anything, man, literally anything. I'll take anything. <laughs> the The Lego special that we get is like as close as we're getting <laughs> to the rise of Kylo Ren. Um, I also think it'd be really cool to speaking of adaptations to maybe do like a Dark Disciple adaptation. Uh, the S- Star Wars and the animation and Filoni and all that have really made a, a habit of like. Hey, I wanted to tell this story and Clone Wars got canceled. So like (laughs) season seven of the Clone Wars introduces like the Bad Batch and there's some like, you know, uh, uh, some Cad Bane stuff in the Bad Batch that was also like kind of going to be in Clone Wars. But with like Boba Fett, you know, so it's like, you know, I I love that. Filoni's like, I've got all these great ideas and they didn't get to come to fruition. So, you know, I'm finishing hell or high water. Which, if you don't know, that's kind of what became of that Quinlan Voss arc—is it became this book called *Dark Disciple*? Like that was supposed to be um, for the Clone Wars. I'm nearly certain. So I would love if Filoni is like, I'm just going to do that, you know, like that would be great. Um, And speaking of uh, the acolyte in the High Republic, if we got to spend some more time with Vernestra Rowe, that would be awesome because not a lot of people. If you've, I mean, if you've not read the books, how are you supposed to know who this character is? So not that it's necessary or required reading, but I would love if uh, Filoni kind of focused his sights on that. I don't anticipate that happening. I think. In order of likelihood, it's probably Quinlan Voss, Ben Solo, or Leia, and then probably Vernestra Rowe, But uh, one can hope. Do you have any other uh, heroes that you'd like to see, or is uh, is is Leia or something really your kind of your go to here?
1: That's that's really what I'm hoping for because I do like that we can look at these stories and kind of face the parallels of them. And that's one that's so clearly uh, defined, but we know so little about it um, the same way that you could really extrapolate things from, from Dooku's past to Ahsoka and sort of their fall slash, you know, you know, leaving or the rise of or whatever, however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that we can tell these stories that mirror each other in interesting ways. And so if I'm thinking that then, yeah, I'd love to see, uh, love to see some of that stuff.
0: I think you and I would be due for an episode of like really throwing out like our top three picks for that. And I think you're right to point out the fact that it's not just like, yeah, Ben Solo and then fucking, you know, uh Yarl Poof or something. Like we want <laughs> we want characters that in their stories are like either directly paralleling the others or are showing kind of the opposite side of the coin in a way like a uh, Dooku and Ahsoka were. So I would love to have an opportunity to do that with you. So hopefully uh, you and I could do that before we know exactly who this series is going to yeah. be about. Uh, we also got some news on star Wars visions volume two, a, a new trailer for that was released as well as a new poster Um, and Noah, a confirmed May 4th release date, which is coming very, very soon. Um, panelists shared how they incorporated their country's history and culture into their Star Wars stories. And even attendees were treated to a surprise early screening of the Ardman short, I am your mother at the end of the panel. For those of you who don't know, Ardman is the, uh, the company that made like chicken run and Sean, the sheep and, uh, Wallace and Gromit and all that great stuff. So no, I watched the entire panel. It's super long. There's so many guests and they all have such great insight and like personal anecdotes and all this stuff. So unfortunately we just simply don't have the time to talk about all of it. But what did you think of this trailer in this new poster and star Wars
1: visions volume two? This is by far like by far the most excited I am about anything. <laughs> I was blown away by the trailer i was like so flabbergasted that i i've watched it multiple times
0: like (laughs) he's been watching it just on repeat
1: while we're recording (laughs) i'm not gonna say the number of times that i've probably seen it because it is embarrassing and like after i watched it i was like who who do I, who do I talk to about this? Like I, who do I it's, talk it, to about this? It's me. <laughs> yeah, I know the fact that I had to wait like three days uh, to to talk about this at all because I was like, oh my god, I cannot, I cannot even fathom, like the the you know we talk a lot about the the way that Clone Wars has adapted and changed and grown and and uh, you know in performance in in style, in looks, in cinematography, in, you know, in technology, even just using motion capture, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, like, it has grown into something that is, I would argue, unrecognizable from where it started in a good way. Not that it's like, oh my God, it's so different. You know, not that it's lost its charm, but that it's just grown up so much and i admire the clone wars for that i admire the bad batch for 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 that um and tales of the jedi as well nothing compares to the masterful you know look of some of the things that these studios have crafted mm-hmm. and just the short amount that we get in this trailer is mind blowing just i cannot even i cannot even express how insane some of these things are just the idea that i watch this trailer and i'm like oh my god this is the new like this is the new height of what can be achieved with star wars i love vision season one i don't think that it has limitations in that sense i think that like each studio has expressed themselves in Vision Season 1 uh, in their own specific way. It at all does not feel like... It doesn't feel muted. It doesn't feel, like, worn out, familiar. But with Season 2, like, the the freshness and the and just the uniqueness of everything... And it's not just the fact that Ardman is over here doing stop-motion claymation. Yeah. Yes, that's a part of it. Hell yeah. But, like, a lot of what we get is just some of the crispest computer animated stuff that I've seen in a long time. And it makes me so hopeful for the future of animation in Star Wars. I simply cannot contain my excitement for it. Oh okay, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I, I had to get all that out. It's been yeah. sitting. It's been sitting here uh, for a few days now, and uh, and now I'm good. I'm all right.
0: Okay. Yeah, while I talk, I'll let you clean up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it. Been, my breath. It's been, it's been it's been in, and then I just had to let it out. <laughs> Sorry about it. Whew. Star Wars Visions Two, uh, or Volume Two, looks incredible it looks awesome like i love that this season is really just this just here's here's the keys to the castle we're gonna throw it out to nine different animation companies around the world and just have fun you know like this really i love how all over the map these like specials seem to be in tone, but also look like some of these look so different. So, so different, you know, like obviously you have Ardman and the claymation of all of that looks super British. looks super fun. I would expect nothing less, but then you also had like the, and I, I, I apologize. I don't have all of the animation studios here. I'm not an animation, like savvy guy or anything like that, but the Indian animation studio has like this similar comparable, but its own flavor on like the Clone Wars, is kind of 3d style and there's this uh indian inquisitor who looks like the fucking sickest thing man it looks awesome <laughs> you've also yeah. got like the Wolfwalker group uh wolf being like the apple tv movie they're they're working on a, a short here too and that looks great you've also got like the fuzzy kind of 3d puppet things which are supposed to be they described in the panel of like supposed to feel like how it feels to play with action figures. And they also mentioned a lot of the sound effects in the special are like kind of how they are like in the Lego movie to where it's not like gunshots. It's them going pew, 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 and them like making noises and stuff like you would when you're playing. So I love that the, even the specials themselves, Noah have this sense of play, which to me is really what visions is all about, right? It's these people who, In all likelihood, probably wouldn't be working on Star Wars otherwise, but are really given a chance to flourish, let their freak flag fly, and really work on just weird stuff, man. Star Wars Vision Season 1 is weird. There's some weird stuff in there, and I love it. You know, like this is something that I cannot wait for. I think it's going to blow the socks off everyone. I was literally thinking the other day of like, oh man, I'll probably have a day off on May 4th. Like I I usually don't work on Thursdays. What am I going to do? And I was like, I'll probably do like a marathon. I'll probably play some Jedi Survivor. I'll probably uh, uh, watch some movies. And it's like, oh no, you're going to binge Star Wars Visions as well as probably do some other stuff too. But like the (laughs) fact that this comes out on on May 4th, what a gift. I I can't wait to sit down and just enjoy all of this. This really feels like this, this is, Noah, we talk about, um, Force Center likes to use the analogy of Star Wars being like a buffet. I think, um, Alex and Molly have described it as like, um, uh, like alcoholic drinks. Like some people just like beer. Some people like cocktails. To me, this feels like, I think we've talked about pizza. We've used a bunch of different food analogies. You, yeah, ra- you yeah. and I are generally pretty hungry when we record these. <laughs> um, I gotta eat dinner, dude. We have to. <laughs> this to me seems in the first season of divisions too. This season... Is the epitome, the physical embodiment of that idea, right? Like you get to watch this and if you go, you know what? That flavor is not really quite right for me. Next episode, something literally, probably in all likelihood on the other side of the planet. (laughs) It's something so different. And I I, I love that the show offers, offers that opportunity to just taste a little bit of this, taste a little bit of that. Like just go into different, wildly different flavors and tones of what Star Wars can be, which to me is just like...
1: it's so refreshing. I can't wait. Yeah. I I think that that's like a, it's a good place to be because yeah, we talk about the different flavors and, and I know one that we've used a lot is like is ice cream uh, of saying like you have your base. Right. And, and, and it depends on like what, you know, what little toppings you want to put on. Do you want to grab some of these? You yeah. can choose to grab some of these for me. And I've thought about this. Uh, so it's funny you, you mentioned it. Um, you're, you're from the Midwest, so uh, you'll, you're darn you'll too- understand. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm also from the Midwest, been here way too long. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure that you're familiar with any like, Family-owned diner-type restaurant will have a menu that is pages long, and it's like here's the Mexican food, here's the Italian food, sure. It's like jack of all trades, master of none sort
0: of restaurants.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And like the thing is, is you like you look at this menu and you're like. Boy, if they really have all of this in the back there, I can't imagine that like any yeah. of it's great. Right. You know? And then you have the best goddamn Swiss <laughs> mushroom burger you've ever had in your life. And and like anything you get there is gonna be really, really good. Yeah. Um, but just those options that you have. Um, because yes, you can say, you know, like like I said, the analogy that we use a lot of time is having that base, but being able to customize it and 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 pick and choose the things that you want to kind of flavor it as this feels, you know, so fundamentally different It is the extreme of this idea That oh that's not quite For you yeah. how about something So different you literally Can't even picture it in your head But we're yeah. going to give it to you and I love it I think that that's so exciting Not only for these studios to be able To shine and give life to What, what Star Wars animation can Look like um, but also For Star Wars fans to say You know what that's actually right up My alley and I'm going to love this for forever so i i can't wait i can't wait either i know
0: season one was such a surprise for everyone we didn't really know like quite what it was and uh, this just looks like it looks like the the next logical uh, kind of step from season one is just like let's open the floodgates and let everybody have their fun and uh boy how did did we get that i can't wait for this this looks awesome uh yeah that kind of does it for A lot of the news we didn't cover everything there was obviously some publishing stuff um which is great higher public stuff which is great um we can't talk about everything of course um let us know on twitter for sure like what your favorite news reveal was if there was something that we didn't talk about that you're really excited for i'd absolutely love to know but before we wrap up noah we're going to be talking about and looking towards the future star wars celebration 2025 will be held in japan uh it will be held at the makakari messe center in chiba japan from uh, april 18th to april 20th in 2025 um if you're wondering about the venue itself because i don't know if you saw this i didn't see it like rampantly but it was kind of the consensus that i gathered was that Star Wars Celebration London was a bit cramped (laughs) it was a bit really really small I, I heard that from at least four different people as well as seeing it on TikTok that leaving panels waiting in line for the queue it was like a sea of people so whether that was like it was oversold uh the venue was too small whatever I didn't have that issue in Anaheim it obviously was busy but like I've been to other conventions that were way more claustrophobic and like way more stressful than that. I felt like I was really able to enjoy things and, you know, getting out of panels. Yeah, it's busy. You're letting out thousands of people, you know, at one time. But it didn't feel like, oh, man, I, I could be in danger. I heard some people saying <laughs> that, like, you know, somebody easily could have been trampled or like, you know, something dangerous could have happened. So that all that to say this particular uh, uh, um, convention center is 1.8 million square feet, which is the exact same uh, as Anaheim Convention Center, the, the celebration that I got to go to. Um, it's quite close to uh, Disneyland Tokyo. In fact, it is uh, the uh, convention center is 25 miles from Tokyo's center. Beyond that, Noah, it's also going to be the 10th anniversary of The Force Awakens, as well as the 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. And we will maybe, emphasis on maybe, have a film coming out that year. So Noah, first of all, what was your reaction to this? And to when are we going?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going April 18th to April 20th in 2025. That's, that's when. Um, but I, so we talked about this um, a few weeks before uh, Celebration. It was, it was a little while ago um, that, you know, what would our predictions be? What could we expect? Um, and it's funny that both of us sort of discounted japan as the as the next location right um well you and i were both like oh
0: they've never done it twice in a row like out of states like overseas you know what i mean
1: it's always been like one
0: year there one year here so the fact that they're like you know it's unprecedented
1: yes it is and i will say this much that the i think that this is the thing is that the hype Right now for for Star Wars and for new things uh, is unprecedented. It is worldwide. Um, It is a sensation everywhere across the globe. It's not, uh, you know, I I try to be especially with with, you know, visions, volume one and two being so amazing. I try my hardest not to be so nationalist about my Star Wars. Um, And I think that this is a perfect example that, you know, this is you and i can both expect that this event is going to be packed regardless um this is not i don't think in any way it's not uh you know turning people away i had mentioned to you when we talked a little bit about it that like i was looking through the you know the comments on instagram and on tiktok and and twitter on the uh, on the official star wars pages uh social media stuff as well as disney plus and rotten tomatoes also posted stuff about it that every comment essentially was, you know, like, this is crazy. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm going to start saving money right now. Like there weren't a lot of people that were like, Oh, why has it got to be in, why has it got to be in Japan? Why can't it just be, you know, convenient for me to go? And, you know, this is something that, that now that we, you know, we have this announcement, we know that it's not happening uh, in 2024. It's, you know, we're waiting a year, then there is that time to prepare. It's crazy to me to think like, oh, by that time, like, I'm going to I'm going to be like getting, you know, getting a little bit older and 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 being a little bit, hey man, listen. <laughs> you have some gray in your beard and <laughs> I'll have a beard maybe. That would be interesting. Boy, it'd be like unrecognizable uh to show the passage of time maybe. Um but it, like these are things that that are exciting to me. It's not something that that, you know, pushes me away from the idea of of celebrating another Star Wars celebration and you know it's it's an opportunity for for people to experience Star Wars in a different culture i think that that's a huge thing and the people that you and i have talked to are like yeah we're going to try to swing it we're going to try to make this happen this is something that we're that we're committed to and you know and, and that's going to be that. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm really happy about the, the fan response to this because if you're going to celebration at all, you're not an, you're not an average fan. Um, and so, you know, making that trip, that's not going to be for the average fan. Great. Star Wars celebration isn't for the average fan. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased. I'm happy.
0: Yeah. I think for myself, um, For one, I think it's great that uh, it's going back to Tokyo. I think it hasn't done that since 2006, I believe. So it's like a long-awaited return back there. I think that's really exciting. Um, I think it would be easy for, as you said, like a lot of American perspective to kind of leak into that, of like, we're going overseas again two years in a row. Guess I'll be there in 2027 or whatever. But I do think it's important to show that Star Wars means something to everybody around the world. You know, like it's not just here stateside. And yeah, yeah. I would love for it to be in Anaheim. It's 55 minutes away rather than a 15 hour (laughs) trip. Like I agree, (laughs) you know, if it is in Orlando, cool. We get to go over there, but also like kind of fuck Florida right now. I don't want them to get Star Wars Celebration, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'll go to Japan um, for that being said. Like I, I'm really going to try to go to this one. I really, really want to. Um, I I had a bit of FOMO uh, of London this year. And that was even considering the fact that it was not as, I think, eventful as this one will be. This is going to be a huge celebration. Uh, With that being said, I'm surprised. It's only three days. It's 18th, 19th, and 20th, um, uh, as opposed to four, which is what it is generally. So it is a bit smaller. Um, I think Japan is going to be a venue that I I, I don't really know what to expect as far as like... All of that is concerned. I've never been um, like on that side. I've never been in that hemisphere, you know. So like, <laughs> yeah, I- I'm really excited to see that. I think for myself, if I. Uh- am going to go i would i'll probably go a bit early so i can really see everything that the not everything but like what the country can offer uh, beyond just like yeah i went to japan and i spent the entire time in line at star wars celebration you know (laughs) with a bunch of other americans exactly yeah i really want to be able to go there and like see the the country um so whether that's you know after celebration before celebration whatever um nonetheless i will really try to be there um i i uh seemed like everybody had such a great time at this past celebration so i kind of promised myself that i would go to the next one um Force awakens is obviously like a very important film to me but revenge of the sith man come on 20th anniversary of that like i hope we had mentioned when we were speculating on where this would be i hope natalie portman will be there Um, Ewan literally said, I'll see you at the next celebration. And I hope Hayden will be there too. Maybe by that point we can announce Obi-Wan season two or whatever. So, and there might be a film coming out that year, Noah, like, so we might be able to learn more about that or maybe even the next movie coming out. So beyond the anniversaries, we're going to be getting so much stuff coming soon. Um, so I simply cannot wait. So whether I have to stuck you, stuff you in my carry on or something, I would love (laughs) for that to be. Um, something that we all can aim for. I know there's people out there who are kind of like, ooh, that's a lot of money. I get it. I totally understand. Um, But hopefully with the two years that we have to save, hopefully my uh, piggy bank will be able to uh, be nice and plump before I'm able to
1: leave. Yeah, well, I I fully expect that Celebration twenty twenty seven uh, will be on Mars, so it's now or never. <laughs> you know exactly. Uh, <laughs> I I feel like the the more that I wait to return to Celebration, <laughs> the farther away it's gonna get. Maybe it will um, be
0: rewarded. Maybe in twenty seven, it'll be like back in Chicago. It's kind of like a one yeah. for you, one
1: for me kind of exactly. Thing. <laughs> right, right. So you know, I'd hate to miss out just because you know, uh, you know, a lot of money or a, a long plane ride is yeah. is you know concerning or. A, you know, a brand new country is, is, you know, nerve wracking or whatever that would, if my love of star Wars was not able yeah. to overcome that, then, then that would be sad. But just the same as you, I want to try really, really hard to make that happen. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we've got a, we've got a little bit of time, yeah. but it's exciting nonetheless.
0: I, I need to ask some people who went to London if like, what was the currency like? Like if I go to buy an action figure, if I pay in dollars or a debit card or whatever, is that accepted, or do you have to like, no, you got to use the English pound or whatever? I don't the sh- fucking shillings. I don't know what the, what the English use. <laughs> <is. laughs> Shilling. <laughs> um, but I, I I know that Japan uses like the yen, which like the conversion mm-hmm. is like an, an American favor. Like I the, the U.S. dollar is worth a bit more there, so yes. like. That'll help, you know, like hopefully with food and stuff like that. But I'm wondering if I do want to go buy like a, you know, Attack of the Clones action figure uh, or a Yarl Poof action figure since we already (laughs) name dropped him today. Um, If I, you know, do I have to do the conversion or what's that like? My point is, is, you know, will the convention then be a bit cheaper if we have to do that or even hotels or something? I have no idea how it works. So if you guys went to Star Wars Celebration London, what was the what was the currency like there? I'd be very, very curious. So hopefully that will be uh, even more of an encouragement beyond it, will we, won't we?
1: What's the thing that you're looking forward to the most at Star Wars Celebration? I think for me, like my mind goes back to the 2019 celebration where we had the Rise of Skywalker to look forward to. And that was just, I mean that was the thing on everyone's mind. Yes, it was the culmination of a, a pretty, you know, a pretty decently sized franchise of movies, um, but having a film potentially coming out that year, we can expect that it's going to be coming out. Whenever it does, it'll be in December, I'm assuming, um, which would be, you know, would be really great uh, for a celebration to really be showcasing that, highlighting that, and, and celebrating it, um, because that feeling is unmatched that that feeling of everybody coming together just to just to anticipate a thing is so wild to me um but it, it means a lot and knowing that the next film that we get is most likely more than likely uh going to be uh about Ray and her journey that's got to be something that's exciting so for me that is one of the bigger like yes I am I know right now that if that's going to be the topic, then I'm going to be so excited for it. I can't even begin to imagine what kind of video games we'll be looking at by 2027 or 2025, um, what kind of TV shows are going to be happening. Um, but the movie for me, that's huge. That that feeling can't, can't be beat.
0: Yeah, I think for myself, and we had talked about it um, uh, pretty much every time Celebration is brought up, is how true that title is. For it as a convention. And I love that this year, 2025, will offer an opportunity to celebrate the past Revenge of the Sith. Not quite the present, of course, 10 years prior, but this thing that people currently um, are divided on, to say the least. You know, the thing that... It will be an opportunity to celebrate that film, what it means to us as a Star Wars culture, the fact that it reintroduced Star Wars to the world and that we also get to look forward to what's coming next. I, I think that that would be really exciting and to also see you guys and to see fans and and, and of this and friends that uh, I was able to either meet for the first time or get to know even better um in Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. So whether or not uh, everybody's going to be able to go, of course that's uh, going to be under debate, but I'm really looking forward to seeing friends and making new ones and also celebrating these completely different corners of the galaxy and really in a way kind of entries into to Star Wars, you know, with Revenge of the Sith being this prequel generation and this entire new generation of Star Wars fans who like we said If you're eight years old or something, you know, when you first saw The Force Awakens, you're going to be like graduating high school, which is nuts. So, um, I, I can't wait to, uh, to uh see everyone at star wars celebration japan i can't wait to see what the merch is gonna look like like i can't even imagine (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah this uh was such a great celebration uh this year uh from i what i read everyone seemed to have a really lovely time there were so many great reveals i want to know what your guy's favorite reveal was let us know uh for sure but uh noah star wars celebration it's in the rearview mirror so we can only look forward to now
1: yeah, it's, and there's a lot to look forward to uh, coming down the pipeline so soon with Jedi Survivor coming out this month, Visions, the next. Ahsoka in August. Uh oh, there's there's so much happening and uh can barely keep up. But you know, we'll try our best. You know we,
0: we certainly will. Uh there's definitely gonna be a double recording this week. We'll be uh reconvening uh tomorrow to discuss the new chapter of The Mandalorian.
1: Very excited to be doing that, but until we get there, Noah do you wanna go ahead and wrap it up and take us home? For sure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at scumvillainpod. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah George and Garrett Martell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys.
0: That wasn't too long.